Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, there's classic consoles and computers, there is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. And welcome to the Tempence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, also Vertvic, also is known it? as yes. yes. What is yours, son? Who am, who am I with? Joined with? Yes, my name is Sean Holly, aka sometimes, aka sometimes not. In your face, Sean Holly. Eek! And it is the twenty second of October, Sunday, seven minutes past five. We were running slightly earlier because I've got edited to this tonight because I'm going out tomorrow night to see Placebo. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, dear I am the band. Are they what was their f- most famous song? Go on remind me. Uh, probably Nancy Boy, Bruce Pristine, something like that. Yeah. They got loads, yeah. they've been going for like twenty years. They're really good. Some of the cut of times, mm. excellence. Never mind all that. Yes. I need to do some of this. Biscuits. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Wash it down with some diet coke. Talk about so white as biscuit, mate. Mm-hmm. Okay, listeners, I've not got IPA this week. I'm, I've got still Scottish Mountain Water by Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's, isn't that nice? It's a fruit, not a cheese. What is? Sainsbury's rather than Sainsbury. Oh. Ah. Anyway, I've got some rum and raisin fudge as well. Mm-hmm. Fudgy, fudgy. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know I've never had that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm not so keen on rum or raisins. Really? Or raisins? Well, I, I like them, but they don't like me. They give me stomachache. But you're a father. You must like rum and raisin. That's, all, that's a dad thing. I like slippers. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's do some arcade stuff. What have yes. you been up to? Me? Yeah, tell me what oh, you've been up to. It's been three weeks since the last podcast, kids. So we've got tons of stuff that we've been doing. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. I've been to the Batcave monthly retro gaming meet in my hometown of Blackingburn. Mm. It's getting busier and busier and better and busier and better, mm-hmm. sort of. Lewis, the host of the Batcave, even had Puzzle Bubble, the, the arcade game, streaming out the back of his cab via some kind of projecty magic. Ooh, like I said about, I saw in that American arcade when they have it above the bar. Mm, it's on the cool. ceiling. Oh, really? It was on the ceiling. That's pretty awesome. I like the idea of that. And the back cave, I've called it the beer cave now because I, I seem to get horrendously drunk when I go. I say, you're very, uh, very drunk. Very drunk. And I, I shared a taxi home with Amy from Maximum Power Up. Mm-hmm. And apparently I couldn't remember <laughs> the, st- the name of the street on which I lived. You idiot. That is bad, isn't it? I can remember the rough area. Uh-oh. I know. So she just kicked me out and says, you live over there. So Is Amy any good at arcade games as well as console games? She doesn't play a lot of them. I think she likes Mr. Do, but cool. mostly she's into like Zelda console games and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Good on her. Mm-hmm. So you've been to the Batcave? Yes. What else? Tons. Tons play, of stuff. Because I've been off for 
two weeks nearly from work. Eight eight working days have been off. Been to Play Expo Manchester, the awesome event that takes place every year in Event City. Build it up, tear it down, kids. Six days in all, from the Wednesday to the Monday. Loading vehicles, offloading vehicles, setting up cabs, setting up sound systems. Oh, I actually didn't set up the sound systems. I just tripped over sound cables. A lot. They weren't going to let you up loot with that, were they? No, no. And it's all been designed by Retro Games Party James. He had a very talented sound and light guy working for him now. And there's also, there were some 80s pop videos. I want to dance with somebody. Enough of that. Yeah, playing on a huge screen above the arcade all all day long. Met some awesome people, some old and new friends. Cool. Not old, not old. Yeah, maybe a bit old. But Someone. old as in I've known him for a bit. Peter Cosmic Cat. Meow. Wow. I picked him up from the airport and he's come over from Stockholm and I sort of chauffeured him around a bit mm-hmm. and scared scared him to death in my driving. Oh god, and, yeah, I forgot about that. Because I won't I weren't paying attention. I was like talking to him and missing corners and stuff and <laughs> Yeah, I've been in a car with you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So this is a message from K-Man. He says, last week in the UK was awesome. Thanks to Sean Holly for being my private chauffeur. Only feared for my life three or four times. <laughs> yes. But also, thanks to, also thanks to IGP UK for letting me tag along, to Arcade Club for being awesome, to Nintendo Arcade Alex and 8-Bit Wit, Whitney Roberts for Skyskipper. Also, thanks to Vic and Tori for the beers and great company. Yes. It was awesome having uh, K-Man over, Peter. Yeah, brilliant, Peter. Nice one. Do you know what I've been doing? No. Okay. Okay. Should no, we just wait on. for a while? I do, go on, I do. Well, as you know, mm. Whitney Roberts and his family came over to do the Skyskipper reveal with Alex RK Club. Yes. And they came over to my house a little bit earlier. They came on Thursday, and I had to tidy everything in the garage because I wanted to show off the garage and get looking nice for him because, obviously, he's got a really, really cool arcade in in america in kentucky where he lives mm. in shelbyville and i've been there before and it's awesome i wanted to sort of repay the the kindness to him and get him in our arcade have some drinks with him and stuff and so i tidied it all up and i needed to really because there's just so much junk in there mm. but i've got all of the cabs in there apart from two running nicely yeah. so here's a rundown of the games in my garage at the moment it's it's changed since then by the way as usual mm. but the first one was my phoenix trim line running pleiads which mm-hmm. is the different version of what we've been playing. We'll talk about that later on. There's a difference in this version. And yes. this was sent to me by the lovely Stuart Time Warp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. next to that with Donkey Kong Remix board in it at the moment, which is really good. We'll talk about that later on as well. Wow. Dig Dug Dedicated. My lovely Ooh. Dig Dug Cab. Yes. <laughs> uh, a small mini with Terra Cresta and Raiden in it on a switcher. Mini Cooper. Yep. Battlezone, not working yet. Ooh. No. But there's, there's plenty of time for that. Uh, first Pony with Bosconian in it. Nice. Uh, Naomi with Metal Slug 6. Really? That's yeah. Um, I've got a, a Pi bootloader for the network yeah. thing in that, and it had Metal Slug 6 on. I've never played it before, but I put it on, and none of us played it. It was just there looking nice, playing in the background. But I will have does... a go at that, because I do like the look of 6, and I haven't played it yet. I have played it all the way through, and it's incredibly difficult. Oh, is it? Yeah. So the next Pony with Toidles. And Ms. Pac-Man speed up on a switcher. Yeah. Uh, and then around the corner, you've got Targ Mini, which is the converted one with Green Beret in it at the moment, Green Bertie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Isis with Rescuing, which is the game I'm playing more often than not nowadays. That is staying in there. That's going to be a dedicated rescue. 
I'm going to get a control panel made up and a nice marquee for that, I think, because that's going to be rescue permanently. I love that game. and playing it so much. Do you know what? We played that. Me and Alex did it back on episode nine of the Ten Pence Arcade podcast. Yeah. That was about three years ago. And I think I got 39,000 points. Earlier on in the arcade, I got 58,000. I'm doing really well on it now. I love that game. So good. I, I was playing along with you, but I didn't have a twin stick set up. Oh, that would be imp- yeah, impossible almost. It's really twitchy game, isn't it? It's, it's a lot more twitchy than Robotron, I'd say. I tell you what, I think that would do well at the arcade club. We'll have to talk to Andy to see if we can get one in. Or yeah. it's just a jammer cab maybe with it running. It's such a good game. I really, really like it. It is a twitchy game, but you get some nice joysticks. I've got some Nintendo joysticks on there I had left over. And I mm. use them. They've got quite small throws on them, and they've got a little eight-way gate. Such a nice game, mate. Mm. Next to that, Isis 2. That's got Scramble, original version of Scramble with a high-score kit, and a 60-1. And that was playing the other version of Playout, which we played for the arcade for the podcast. Mm. So I've had that in there as well. Just that once, it loads immediately. I did have... Uh, Cosmic Allen with Magical Spot 2 wall mount on the table. Yeah. And then next to that, Ladybug wall mount. Yep. Dedicated Ladybug. But I've had to take them down for another reason, which I'll talk about later on as well. Loads of stuff going on later on in this podcast. Mm. Asteroids Mini. Mm. That's the last one in the in the arcade garage. So I got all the crap out of there. They didn't have a place in there. I also added another shelf above the shelves, above the, the one line of cabs. And I put some eye candy up. No, sure, not a picture of you in a leotard. Uh, my new <laughs> mini arcade machines and some Hot Wheels Atari cards that Vip, Ben, gave me a few years ago. I remember them. They look really sweet up there now. I did a wee bit of maintenance on the machines, and I wrote lists of stuff that needs to be done to each one of the machines. And I'm going to tackle those one at a time until they're done and dusted. This is positive action. Positive action. Yeah, rather than doing all results. bits at once, one at a time. This one, do it. Do everything that needs to be done on it. Get a game in it. Leave it alone. Play it. Next. Do the next one. Blah, blah, blah. So, for the positive action, the first ISIS has got Scramble. And it says here Time Pilot. But I've swapped it over to the 16 one to play play ads at the moment. It's going to be Scramble's going to be in there permanently. Because I love playing Scramble on that cab. And maybe one yeah. other game. So, Time Pilot's a good one to play in there as well. Both eight-way games. One or two buttons. Yep. The joystick shaft on that needs shortening about 10 mil. Because it's a bit wiggly. It's a bit long. Ooh. I like a short shaft, me. A short, oh. stubby oh. shaft. <laughs> Lovely. The control panel needs redoing as well. Uh, so it's the same as the other ISIS, and it covers the glass a little bit to hold the glass down. Because at the mm. moment, it's a little bit short. It needs to be like 10 mil longer just to go over the glass to hold the glass in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to do that, make another panel for it, because uh, they're easy to make, they're only flat panels. New glasses needed on that. And I've got a little bit of a, um, a tech tip on glass and tinting later on. So yeah. more stuff for the future part of the podcast. Yeah. So that's the only thing that needs doing on ISIS 1. So ISIS 2, uh, new glass, it's the same as the first ISIS. I'm going to put some credit buttons in there where the coin reject mechs are because they're slightly different coin door to the other one. It's a very slightly different build, this is. And it's got traditional sort of uh, a rounded coin door on it. But there's no buttons for credit, so I'm going to put some buttons in the place of where the coin rejects are. Yeah. Because I don't ever put coins in my machine. I just press a button or have them on free play. You could put them where the the lock is, can't you? On some that's what RGP yeah, that's another thing. Does yeah, yeah, you can do. But I like to have them locked up as well, so no one can open them and mess about. You know, if you've got kids around or something, because yeah. every now and again, you know, someone brings their kids around and they show them the arcade. But I usually put them on the coin reject buttons. But you can put them on the locks, yeah, or just below. But I don't want to drill any holes or anything in the in the machine anywhere at all. 
So it's all mm. original stuff. I want to put it back together. So I never do that. I'm not sure what's happened with the build on this cab because it's slightly different to my other one. And it's been butchered sometimes inside. It's like it's been modified because like, when I first got it, the speaker was in a different place. It was down below rather than up top because on the, on the ISIS cabs where the screen is, above the screen where the sort of ceiling is, there's mm. some slits in it. And that's where the, the, the speaker is normally. It's a speaker sort of head height. And this thing was actually yeah. down low in the cab where the PCB normally goes. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But there weren't mm. any holes or any mounting points in the top of the cab. So it looks like it's been done from scratch like that. So maybe when they were at the factory, they built them slightly different for different games. I don't know. Is he, are these UK-made cabs? Yes, Subelectro is a UK company. Oh, uh, Subelectro Isis, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Didn't There's know that. not a lot of information on Subelectro, so I'm going to have to do a little bit of research and then we'll find out from some of the arcade ops I know, see if they know any more about Subelectro, or if any of the listeners know anything about the company Subelectro. got a mm. feeling they're in the Midlands, but I'm not sure. Mm. So that'd be interesting. Uh, the monitor on that needed a serious recap, because... The top of the monitor was darker than the bottom. It sort of went down in stages of colour. It was really weird. I thought, oh, no, I hope it isn't the tube that's knackered because you can't fix tubes, really. But I did a a cap kit on it, a full cap kit. I capped, I, re, I replaced every single cap in it, even the really big ones you can't normally get hold of. I found some, replaced the whole lot, put it back together. It's the best improvement on a screen I've ever seen after a cap kit. Really? normally when you do a cap kit, if, if the monitor's sort of not that old, it doesn't really make that much difference. It's mm. not a fixer. We've said it before. It doesn't fix everything on a monitor if there's a problem. But sometimes it can make it a little better if it's faded or the colours aren't too good. But this one is really, really nice. It has got some... I'm not brilliantly happy with the tube on it because it's got some horrendous, like, give-us-a-clue quiz game burn on it. Yeah. It's also got a bit of Arkanoid, which was the game that was in there when I bought it. So that's got burn on it. But a tinted glass should hide it. And it gives it a bit of character, as long as it's not too bad, and it isn't mm, terrible. If I ever find a new tube for another monitor, I'll get it. But at the moment, I'm happy with it. It's fine. I've had a great idea. What's that? Give us a clue mixed with Arkanoid. Give us an Arkanoid. So you bounce the ball, it hits a block, the block is a question. It might take you about a week to clear a screen, but how good is that? Actually, don't put that in a podcast, I'm going to copyright it. Or, Mm. I'll just put Rescue in and play that, you idiot. Maybe that that's going to happen. That is going to happen. That option might be better than mine. Yes, but mm. when I plug rescue back into it to tune the picture, and when I still have the monitor out of the cab, flipping thing had jail bars all through it, and the colours were wrong on the game. Ooh, Guess what though? Mm. Update, update, update. I pulled a few ROMs out, cleaned the legs off, reseat them all. Works perfectly again. Yay! Well so let done. Me, let me give myself a. For an idiot fix. I like idiot fixes. They're brilliant. A self-congratulatory ping. Yes. Mm. Now, the Targ and the Spectar conversion I bought for the Wonderful Will. That's what I'm going to call him now. Wonderful Will. Mm. At the Cambridge Museum event we went to. Yes, you like, actually bullied him into selling it. I said, I give me that cab, you Give me some money. Have some money, you slag. <laughs> it was very nice about it. It needed to be a good deal. So I'm really happy. Thank you, Will. So that game is a horizontal game. Yeah. And it's been converted... Uh, needs a new monitor on it, really, because that monitor's a bit weird, and it's got a really loud hum from the ISO transformer. I've got an extra a spare ISO transformer, so I'll probably pop that in there and take too long to fix that. And it's got really bad Targ and Spectar burn on it. And it's, for some games, it just doesn't adjust very well. So when it went had Kung Fu Master, it was onto one side, and I couldn't adjust it over. When I put Green Bertie in it, it was fine. So maybe I just put you know a certain game in there, or I'll try and get a new monitor in the future, I don't know. But this also had, if you remember... It had 
comedy-sized ball-top joystick in it. Yes. It was yeah. huge, like a pool ball. It was massive. Yeah. So I've replaced that with a normal size one. I've also changed the the candy-style Sanwa buttons in it to leafs with micro-switches underneath, my favourite buttons. Mm-hmm. So I've done that. It looks really nice now. Uh, and that's about it, really. I don't know what game I'm going to put in there permanently, but when you come round, I might put Moon Patrol in it. What size are the monitors? 14-inch, quite small. Ah, oh, that's quite cool, isn't it, really? I do like the little monitors. Well, the little monitors are sort of... Well, I don't suppose they're cheaper, but they're easier to handle for a start, you know? Mm. So that's what that needs. I think the, the coin buttons on it have just got like a button taped behind the coin mech, so when you when you press the coin reject, it hits a button. So I'll probably right. put a permanent button behind there, I think. Yeah. But yeah, that cab's pretty nice. I also uh, installed Donkey Kong Remix in my Donkey Kong Junior cab on the Donkey Kong PCB. Mm. I cleaned off some blackening on the legs of a few chips because poor old Jumpman was turning all a bit blocky now and again when I played it. But it was just a yeah. bit of tarnishing on one of the chips, which has happened before. It's all sorted now. Uh, I didn't like Donkey Kong Remix, which I bought in America on my trip at all when I first played it. But I'm getting used to it a bit now and I'm really starting to like the wacky levels. And I'm going to do a review of it later on in this podcast. Awesome. Some of them really mess with your head as they're sort of reversed and slightly altered from the original. So you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, and you go, hold on a minute. That isn't right. And you also also have hammers you can jump with and springy barrels, collapsible levels, bonus levels. Definitely for people who know how to play their way around Donkey Kong already. Mm. Mm. Not me. So the Ladybug PCB in my Ladybug wall mount, that was acting up as well. Uh, it was crashing every time you got a high score. Because um, on that, I don't know if you ever got a high score on it because you were rubbish at it. <laughs> not, not really. Um, when you get a high score, you actually move your ladybug to letters. You walk through the letters with your ladybug and it puts the letters on the high score table. So when oh, you get a high yeah, score... It was pain, painfully slow doing no, that. No, it was beautiful. It was a lovely little frolic through the garden. Put your letters <laughs> in. So that wasn't happening because I fitted a high score kit to this. It's a, it's a, a timekeeper ram. I think it's called a timekeeper ram. It's got a, a Dallas uh, RAM chip, and it, it saves stuff to it. And you have to change two ROMs as well, and I think a RAM. So I did that, and it wasn't saving the high scores for some reason. It just reverted them all back to 10,000, so it wasn't working. And I think if you've got the extra life in it, you know when you get the E, X, T, R, and A? Yeah. you got an extra life, but it was, it was, when it does that, it shows an animation of the ladybug going around a garden, and it, it pops another extra life onto the bottom of your life stock, and it was crashing yeah. on that as well. So I got in contact with a guy who who did the high school modern in the first place. I'm sorry I can't remember the name, but thank you for it anyway. It's absolutely brilliant. It's not your fault. It was actually a problem with my board. I pushed some of the the RAMs back in. They were they were they weren't out, but they sort of clicked back into place. Yeah. And I took the, the timekeeper RAM out and put it back in again, and that works perfectly. But since then I actually bought another ladybug board just in case. So wow. I've got a spare now. But it works absolutely fine again. So that's another easy fix. I'm happy with that. So it doesn't because when it, when I first turned it on when it was it was playing up, it kept saying ROM OK RAM E R R RAM error, and it would play the game. So I thought, oh, it's okay. It's just it's just playing the game. It must be something to do these ROMs. But it was actually showing up a RAM error. I think it's because the RAM wasn't quite pushed in properly. So that was that. Um, on Thursday this week, three days ago, I went to the Power Up Gaming event at the Science Museum in London. Yes. I was invited to the VIP opening night uh, a day ahead of the official run of dates. Uh, so I met up with Garen uh, from RGDS. He was there. Yeah. I also chatted with Paul and Chris from Retro Asylum. It was nice talking to those guys as well. Yeah. Uh, also saw my mate Alan, 
uh, Uberpixel, who does a lot of the photography of these kind of shows. Uh, Dave was also great, the, the organiser, Dave Moore. A uh, really yeah. good show of tons of computers and consoles, and all of them had a good stash of carts and media to play on them. Got free drinks and burgers too, which was nice. Nice. Uh, I couldn't have any bowls because of work the next day. Egad! <laughs> I, I had one. I had a little bowl. Uh, I also bumped into Ace BBC B programmer Richard Broadhurst. He'd brought some gear along for one of the Beebs so they could play his awesome emulated version of Warlords on there. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, this is probably the best London show. We don't get a lot of shows in London. Probably one of the best London shows that's on at the moment. So if you're in town in London, go. Uh, the dates, uh, this is now on as we speak, and it's been on until the 31st of October. Apparently, the best night to go is Wednesday, because it's the last Wednesday of the month, and they do a late night one, and you can go around the Science Museum as well as this event. Because it's on quite right. late at night, so that's really good. Go there. But I think it's 18s only on these ones. Other times you can just go in the day and whatever. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, prices and stuff will be on the show notes. Mm, it, that was actually on. It was featured on BBC Breakfast TV programme. That's right, yeah. And it, it's moving yeah. around the country later on, uh, probably next year, I think. Have a look on right. the show notes. But it goes up north. Mm. So it's probably near you as well. So if I were you, I'd try and get along to it. If you could. Oh, we'll really do. Have a look. Yeah, it was I'll interesting. And Dave is such a nice guy as well. I was talking to him for quite a bit. I took wife along. She enjoyed it as well. Excellent. Nice night out. Do you want to know what else I've been up to? What else have you been up to? And what you've been up to. Oh, yes. We talk about this more, but the Skyskipper reveal at Arcade Club. Mm. A simply unforgettable, brilliant night. Such... You chewing biscuits? Mm. Mm. Such a great night. Just loads and loads of people. Great atmosphere. Brilliant, brilliant night. And I've got a little 20-second audio clip, right, of the countdown when, with Alex. I don't know why we should put this in, but it's quite good. Yes, Alex, I was there. I was in the crowd waiting. Alex revealing the skyscraper cap. There you go. Five, four, three, two, one. Skyscraper! And did you hear someone shouting, it's a boot, or something, in the background? Probably. I don't know if that was at Alpha One. I don't think it was. I think it might have been someone else. That's looks, one like the, a, looks like a boot. That's one of the, that's one of the, the jokes we have on um, the Arcade Forum UK VAC. When someone puts a really nice cab on there, like a really rare cab that's been done up to like excess, someone always goes, looks like a boot, meaning a bootleg. Mm. Idiots. Yes. Anyway, it was a great night. Really, really enjoyed it. I got there about... Four o'clock in the in yeah. the afternoon because we couldn't book into our hotel when we got there. Which is quite a horrendous journey there. It was a really boring journey getting there because there's roads off and all sorts of stuff. So yeah. me and wife got there. We we tried to check in at the hotel. They wouldn't let us check in until three o'clock. I think we got there about two. So oh, for goodness sake, so we went into town a little bit and into Berry, and we went and had some dinner, which was quite nice. And then we sort of oozed back into the the hotel, got our stuff in, you know, just chilled out a little bit, and then went down for four o'clock. As soon as I got in the door, people were meeting and greeting me, saying hello, talking about a podcast, giving me biscuits. It's lovely. I said to I said to Tori, I said, look, loads of people are going to talk to me. She's not been to an event with me before since we've done the podcast. Yeah. I said, loads of people are going to talk to me. And they really did. I mean, it was really, really nice. I don't think she believed <laughs> great, yeah. how many people we sort of bore with our podcast to death. 
And um, it was nice because I could introduce her as well. I said, this is my wife, Tori, and blah, blah, blah. And she was getting on with everyone as well. She's really sociable and really nice, obviously. And it was just a really, really cool day mm. and a cool evening because it, it went on. I was absolutely knackered when I got there. I was a bit grumpy because I was a bit miffed that we couldn't book into the hotel and we'd been in the car for ages. Oh, God, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. But it soon subsided when I got in there. saw Andy, saw the people, saw the new the new floor. It's the first time I've seen a new floor. It's great, isn't it? It's really, really good. I was thinking, I probably won't like it much. I'll have a quick look. I'll probably be upstairs in the old stuff. I spent more time in the new floor. Most people did, yeah. It was great to see all these old UK vacas getting into these obscure Japanese rhythm games and, and the table flipping game, which is bizarre. I saw that. I didn't want to have a go of it. It looked a bit weird, but I saw loads of people giving it a good bashing. Yeah. But the, the sort of thing, the games for the night for me, well, obviously U-Beats, because I love playing U-Beat, and I play U-Beat whenever I see it. And they've got three at Arcade Club. Yeah, and the other one I had a good, good go on was Groove Coaster because I've got the game called Groove Two on my phone, and it's a very yeah. similar version. But it's obviously on a big machine with a huge screen and all the decent music. Play Groove Coaster. I really like Musica, that one I let you play as well. I made you play. Yeah, I like that. It's a really, really good game. It's so cool, and the U beats were awesome. So I even saw Charlie Far playing U beat. He's getting quite into it. He's a musician, so he should be good at it, I think. Yeah, I think he And I got Harry Bolt, who's also a musician, jazz pianist, to play Musica. And he was surprisingly really good at it from the off. And he said, well, I'm a musician. I went, oh, yeah, of course you are. What's wrong with me? Of course you are. Really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, all the old stuff as well. I was watching some people play the VR. I wasn't interested in that, but it's quite funny watching them play it. But mm. everything was getting played. It wasn't, there wasn't one area of Arcade Club that wasn't getting played. There was kids playing FIFA on the, the newer games, there are people playing VR. There are people playing the, the crazy table flip game, the, the music games. Upstairs, playing the old-fashioned games that we like. Uh, pinballs. I mean, there's two bars in there now. that does food and drink. So everyone was lubricated. It was lovely. <laughs> yeah, lubricated, yeah. The, uh, the stage was really good because I had the Skyskipper stuff on there and Alex and Whitney got there. And we saw John's John Jacobson from John's Arcade. Yeah. He was a laugh. <laughs> Hey guys, we are in the basement and today... Mm. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, it was a really, really cool day and evening. Uh, I hope we have more of them a year, actually, because I will be tempted to go up north, because I'm sort of... I'm getting to the stage now where I don't want to travel all the time to do these these events. I've done quite a few of them now, and I'll give them a rest for a bit. But I think if there's going to be a big club night at Arcade Club again, I may be tempted up there. It's so worth it. Yeah. I really think so, especially when you've got all mm. your mates there. There was tons of us there. There was like 120 people. Yeah. And a lot of them were from the forums and people we know. And there's tons of people I know. It was such a good night. Really, really enjoyed that. It's probably the the event of the year, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's just, it was so good. Just like, yeah, like I had loads of people coming up to me and chatting, and it's just it's just great to feel loved and tipfic. Oh, I. Anyway, after all that, we calmed down and the the. What do you call it? The, all the hubbub. Is that a word? No. Hubbub. hubbub. That's it. All the hubbub was over. I've died down. Wife said to me, we're going on a two-day break to Lincoln or it's divorce. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. She says, I'm an arcade widow. Get your, get your bags packed. We're going. So. I'm going to get a D-I-V-O-R-C-E. We went to Lincoln. Did you pack your spare beard? I only need one beard. Don't you wash it? 
you, you can wash it, but you can't. It's not detachable. <laughs> Don't you put it in the washing machine? I'd love to see your little face going around in the washing machine. That'd be brilliant. No, put you I on can't. spin. Can't do that. Anyway, your face, Holly. Lincoln was lovely. Nice. And we're we're getting on, you know, really well. Me and wife, you know. And I saw we was in this little restaurant eating tea, and I saw these two shops outside the window. One was called Salamander. One was called Phoenix. So Marvelous. I said. I said Hang on a minute, I'll be back. So <laughs> she says, what are you doing? I said, don't worry about it. So I went outside the restaurant, took a photo. Salamander did you, did you have your, uh, your serviette tucked in your shirt? Uh, with no, like spaghetti all over it? A bit of fish down here. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, what are you doing? I says, don't worry about it. Put it on Twitter. Two gaming shops, Salamander. I think Salamander was some kind of... Phoenix was an e-cigarette shop, and Salamander was some kind of beauty salon thing. Salamander? Yeah. They're not the most beautiful of creatures, are they? They're quite cool, but they're not pretty. Mm, it's, like, it's weird writing. Mm. Anyway, apart from that, I didn't do any more arcading, so that's good. We had, we had a look around the Lincolnshire Wolds, which is... And this is one of my acronyms. I can see that. I don't know what the heck you're on about. <laughs> an A-P-G-N-B. You know, A-O-N-B... No. And uh, we, we are going to mall in the UK. It's an area of outstanding natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Like near us, we've not got like the me. lakes. No. We've got the lakes. We've got the Peak District. Mm-hmm. We've got the Yorkshire. All of them are areas of outstanding natural beauty. But Lincolnshire Wold was very flat, and we're used to hills in Lancashire. Yeah. So I didn't think it was outstanding. I just thought it was pretty good. So, so it's an APGNB. A pretty good natural beauty area of na- area of pretty good natural beauty. You forgot all your own acronyms now, you fool. I know, sorry about that. And one more thing, I've been doing quite a lot of. You know, last time I mentioned that uh, the lovely Rich Chunks in had gifted me a nice main setup PC. Yes, I've been struggling with the this kind of stutter on it. Yes, is it because you're using an LCD screen? Yep, it certainly. There's is. a moral there. Yes. Arcade machines don't need LCD screens. Told you. I know. I know. I've got a Pyta Jammer in my machine at the minute. It's fantastic. Oh, awesome. It's really good. Anyway, so I've been messing and messing and messing with it, and Rich has been suggesting settings, but whatever I do, I could not get this stutter. What it's doing, it's trying to correct the, the, the screen refresh rate. Yeah. So it's keeping it very smooth scrolling, but every, every well, it depends on the game but every one to three seconds it's stuttering to keep it working and it completely throws you off your game whatever i did whatever settings rich suggested did not work so in the end yeah what i've done punched it in face i punched it right in face took it through it in tip i've took groovy arcade off it i've put another version of linux on called lubuntu yeah i've put sdl mame on and started it yeah. Set the set the joystick up. So it's all joystick controlled You're again. Tenter hooks. Go on. Tenter hooks. They're like mm-hmm. normal hooks, but tenter. Yes. And it was still super smooth scrolling. Refresh rate would. I could not change. It, it's a setting in MAME called V-Sync. You turn V-Sync vertical sync off. Yeah. And then the game will play at whatever whatever you want the proper speed. Okay. So I thought it's got to be something to do with graphics card. Removed the ATI graphics card. Yeah. Plugged the VGA in through the standard motherboard VGA, and it works. The screen, oh. te- the screen tearing is back. Oh, yeah, but the screen 
the games are running at the right speed. And I was speaking to Darren Hatton, the, the Linux genius, and he says you can get tear-free scrolling and everything on an LCD, but there is compromises, which can mean speed or Ooh, lag. That's so, a shame. Yeah, so I've, I've got it back to a, a standard MAME setup. There's not Groovy Arcade on it anymore. It's all joystick-controlled. You can just turn it off, turn it on. Yeah. You know, you don't need any mouse or anything on it. No. And I've, I need to put a track mode back on, which is Richie's great front end. I'm just using a crappy front end at yeah, the minute. Yeah, the front end's really good. It works, though. So mm-hmm. you've got your screen tear back, but there's no lag, and it's a nice big screen. So I'm happy with that, really. It's going to have to do, isn't it? Mm. Well, your pie to jammer is probably the way to go, isn't it, for authenticity? Yeah, that is... I can't see any lag on that at all. Yeah. It's just great. I'm going to get one of them again soon, I think. Mm. There's, 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 there's stuff going on, hopefully, where someone's going to make something like that. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Because it's a really good thing to do. Yeah, it's a bit of a compromise. I'm, I'm quite happy with, with PCBs at the minute, but when we do the podcast, if I haven't got the game, I've got to play it somewhere. And at the moment, I'm yeah. just playing it on a PC in this room that we do the recording in, and it's not authentic. I like to sit down at a cab or stand up at a cab and play it properly without, you know, with a proper joystick attached to the control panel and some buttons. So mm. I do need to do some sort of setup myself, probably for that Naomi or whatever, I don't know. But it needs to be done. I've yeah. got to get done soon, but uh, so many different things get on the on the ball at the moment. So yeah, mm. I know what you mean. One last thing. One last thing before I shuffle off the planet. Before yes. we go on to the arcade news, is my trip to bloody Huddersfield on Friday. Wow, Huddersfield is near, fairly near me. It's the Leeds. Mm. Well, I finished work at half twelve. Mm. On Friday, because I can finish it after. I normally work till three, which is the sort of max on a Friday. But I won a uh, another ISIS cap, another Subelectro ISIS cap from eBay. Mm. That'll be e- me, that'll be my third one, right? That and it's won. in Huddersfield, so it's a good mm. price. I won it, and I thought, right, I've got to go and get it. And when I was in Arcade Club last week, I was going to go and pick it up on the Sunday, but I had to before I knew I won the thing. I had to take. Whitney's daughter and wife back to London because they were staying in London and Whitney was going back with Alex and John in the, in the van with the cab so I wasn't going to back out of that I really promised them so you know I thought I said to the guy I'll come pick it up next week I'll come I'll drive up on Friday because I didn't want to waste my Sunday didn't I to do this podcast as well so I went up on the Friday half 12 right no problem I'll be up there and I forgot I promised myself a few like probably a year ago I was never going to go up north on the M1 on a Friday ever again and I forgot <laughs> how bad it was. <laughs> so getting out of Middlesex for a start, I had to go through past the mosque up to the M4 and get out of there. And there's a lot of busy stuff going on because it's, it's prayer day on Friday for the Muslim people and the mosque is usually quite busy. So I went past that, no problem getting past that, and past Hounslow West Station. It's quite busy there. Got an M4, got an M25, everything was stopped. Oh, for God's sake. So I had to be on the M- M25 for about seven miles. So it took a little while. It was still moving okay. It was getting going, but not as it, you know, the M25 is the biggest car park in, in the UK. Mm. So I got off that onto the M1. I thought, brilliant, this will be okay. Just as slow on the M1. And there was 60 mile an hour limits, 40 mile an hour limits, queues, congestion, all the way there. I got there at 640. Wow. 20 to 7. Took me nearly seven hours to get there. 
No, six hours, sorry. So I got there, met a guy called Pete. He was a really nice guy. He had it downstairs. He had it on. He'd been playing it. It was perfectly working. It looked really nice. It's the nicest uh, sub-electro ices I've got so far. It's the nicest one. Best mm. condition. The glass on it's really nice. You can see all the silver in the glass. No nicks or bumps in it. Mr. Dew was playing lovely. The control panel was fine. All original. Great. Gave him the money. Got it in the back of the car. Went off again. I was there for about 10 minutes. Seriously, I was like, I'm getting out of here and get back home. It took me three hours to get home. No problem getting home. Just straight through. Easy. Hmm. But, oh, God, that was painful getting there. So painful. I went to the shop, got a pie. Obviously, I was in the north. I had to. So it was the law. And I went back <laughs> home again. And I sort of unloaded it uh, Saturday morning. But, okay. yeah, it was, I think it was worthwhile getting it because I got it for a good price. And it's another cabaret for my cabaret collection. I'm the king of cabaret! Yeah! So there, that was that one. So that's nice. what we've been doing for the past three weeks. Playing we've play ads. very busy, haven't we? Mainly playing rescue. Yes. And playing a bit of play ads. But mainly rescue. Mm. I'm going back to episode nine. I want to do rescue again. It's such a good game. Anyway, should we go to the next segment? Yes. Arcade News. Pixel Monkey, we've had some, well, uh, a guy called Pixel Monkey speak to us. <laughs> and apart from that, he also said, greetings, Ten Pencers. As a, as a fan and long-time listener of your retro gaming podcast, I myself have been inspired to create a new retro gaming-related series on Yowchow. Yowchow. I was hoping that you could give my show a plug on your next news segment. Obviously, we refused. Yes, but then no. he said... I would kill you. No, the, the synopsis for the show is below. Join the intergalactic travelling party animal Rad McBlaster and his robotic assistant Halfred on a retro-fueled new animation series on video gaming. During their long 10-week pilgrimage to reach the galaxy's largest party mecca, the planet Party on 4, Party on 4, Rad passes the time combining his two passions, retro gaming and drawing. Drawing stuff. Drawing stuff. Each episode consists of a look back on a late popular 20th century video computer arcade game. Rad then sketches original artwork based on the game. A must-watch for any anyone with a love of games, animation and art. Series 1 will kick off on Tuesday the 10th of October. I've not seen this yet. Oh, haven't you? I have. No. I, I watched episode 1 too. I the first one was a Commodore 64 game. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, and it was like a, a little sort of wheelie copter game. You you drive a little copter, and it's a it's a sort of cross between joust and um, balloon fight. It was man copter. Pay attention, you toilet. Right. It was on the Commodore sixty four, and he shows a bit of the game, and then he draws it. And it I'm not sure. I presume it's a computerized drawing. It's animated. You can see watch him sort of drawing it, and it's really really good. His artwork is absolutely amazing. It's so cool. And Mr. Pixel Monkey, I'm asking you. Please do an arcade one. Mm. And also, please sign it and send it to me when you've done it. Or a mm. copy of it. I want one for the arcade garage because it looks really nice. The artwork is really, really cool. Maybe a Dig Dug one? or Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Or Dig Dug with a ladybug backpack. Oh, yeah. And a rescue chopper in the background. That'd be good. It, honestly, these pictures are really, really cool. They're really nicely drawn. They're, they're properly professional drawings. Because I think the, the YouTube bit behind it, the little bit of animation, is just sort of an intro for the actual drawing he does. Because the drawing are amazing. They're mm. really, really nice. I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes, obviously. And I might even put one of the pictures on the website so people can have a look at it before they go on the, web, on the show notes. But it's really, really cool. 
really enjoyed He's, that. He says, I hope your listeners will enjoy the show. I'm going to have to check them out. Yep, there's a YouTube channel, and there's also a Facebook uh, page for the Retro Sketch 3000 show, which is what it's called. Mm. Really good. Have we not reported on this one already? Our friend Chris Parsons, CNP, he's gone and done a blog. But I thought we'd already reported on this. Have it, we? It's called blockygraphics.blog. Everyone go on there and read what he's writing. It's it's good writer. Mm. Enjoy it. He's been, he's been refreshing his sheriff table recently, his rare sheriff table. He's done a really nice job of it, and he's got a little meeting next month I'm going to, and I'll be able to play it. Oh, that's cool. So what a nice job he's done of it. Have you seen this? Yes. Game Classics Volume 1, Ghosts and Goblins Arthur action figure. You can get some Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins action figures from a site called, oh, this is good, slistamyamy.com, amiamo.com. And there's one with his where he gets all his clothes knocked off and he's just in his boxes with a flame torch throwing thing. And there's another one while he's in his armour. And it's very well done. It looks to me, he looks like an action man or a G.I. Joe. I think we're calling yeah. America, where his limbs all move around. You can sort of put him in poses. And I think his armour, you can put, you can sort of dress him in his armour. You can clip his armour back on or off. So obviously in Ghosts and Goblins, when you get hit the first time, all your armour flies off and you get another chance and then you get killed when you're in a boxer shorts. It's really cool-looking toy, isn't it? Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I wonder if he's got different faces as well, because there's one where his face is slightly different. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's different ones, or we'll have to keep an eye on that. That would look good in my garage, in my new shelf, actually, with all my toys. Really did, you, did you ever have a $6 million man toy? I didn't, actually. I knew people who had them. I had Action Man when I was a kid. And you could change his face. Ooh. One of them. Well, it might have been a bad guy. You could clip his face off and put another face sure on. It wasn't just him looking shocked. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, what's the next bit? What's this bit? Biscuit talk. I've put in the in the arcade news talk about the amazing custard creams and chocolate malted milks in the same biscuit barrel taste transference phenomenon. I don't understand the word amazing in the same sentence as custard creams and chocolate malted milks. I put them both in the same biscuit barrel. Yeah. Left them for a few days to stew. Ooh. Got the custard creams out and there was a very slight hint of chocolate on the custard cream. Just trying to tell me there's there's chocolate DNA in a custard cream now. There could be, and they were great. So I don't know quite what the mix was. I I don't know how many biscuits were in the barrel or what, but... You didn't didn't write down the ratio of of chocolate to custard? No, I happened too quick. Oh, you idiot. Anyway, I got a little bone to pick with someone from Arcade Club. Yeah. Mr Dave Flintster handed me a lovely-looking posh tin of biscuits. On Sunday, Sunday morning, when you weren't there, I went back there to pick up Jackie and Grace to take mm. them back. I was there for a while, and he said, oh, I've got these for you. Really nice, posh tin of biscuits. And he said, oh, these are for you and Sean. I said, he's not getting these. <laughs> he owes me something he stole from me a while back, so you're yeah. not getting them. So he said, half of them were for you, right? But I can ignore that. Uh, a few days later, when we was home, we sat on the sofa at home. I said, oh, what? got them biscuits. Oh, yeah, cool. So I went and got the biscuits, expecting a nice sort of, you know, selection box, like a Fox's selection or something. You know what was inside the tin? What? Custard creams and bourbons. What was that? Wife was overjoyed. <laughs> I gave that tin the dirtiest look you've ever seen. In the nice one, There's one point, right, my illusion was shattered. My biscuit heart was broken. <laughs> wife was overjoyed she likes those like you do right she likes poor biscuits 
And she audibly laughed in my face when I glanced over at them with derision at one point. I sort of looked over and sort of went, <sighs> she started laughing at me. That's great. She's a monster. Well done, Flinster. The Pie Factory podcast seem to be talking about biscuits quite a lot. I think we've infected them. Yes. We've got crumb infection. Cookies. Yes. Biscuits, damn it. Right, here's some proper news. Yes. Can you remember that Pong table we were talking about? The actual physical Pong cocktail table? I was offered to buy one before they, I think they, I'm not sure they kick-started it or they were getting ready for business, and they offered me it for a very good price. A little bit but expensive because it's a brand new arcade machine, but it was a very, very good price. And if I'd had the room, I would have bought one because it looks so cool. But they've got a distributor. Yes, they have. Eunice. Yes, yeah, so a Chinese company, Chinese-based arcade machine manufacturer, is making it. And they're going to be available to, for arcades. And this is, if people can remember back, it's a physical Pong table. So this thing's got motors and magnets in it with a glass top. And it moves cubes around the table like you were playing Pong against each other. But they're actually physically blocks moving. And you move your paddle, which is a physical block as well. And it mm. works out what's going on. It's such a clever machine. And it's really quick as well. It's not a slow thing. It gets going. And it's all got really cool underlighting on it and scoring. And it's really, really smart. And they're going to be ready for manufacture soon. Awesome. Well done to them. I think Arcade Club should get one. <gasps> mm. How cool would that be? I think they will. Oh, we should tell Andy. He probably knows. He's got his ear to the ground, that lad. Well, we've got four on order. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, there's an, is another little cutie. A mini centipede arcade machine is on... It's not. Oh, it's on Kickstarter, Replicade Amusements. Yes. It's a, it's a playable 12-inch centipede cab. Yeah, I saw it. It looks quite cute. Uh, but the only sticking point for me, it looks really nice. They're going to put a proper version of MAME in it. I think it's authorised from Atari as well. Yeah. And it's got like a little three-inch screen on it. Yeah. The only thing is the price. It's going to be about eighty dollars, eighty or ninety dollars. Mm. But you know those little ones I got from Walmart when I was in America. They're yeah. only like twenty three dollars. Those things. They're only the NES version. But I mean, anyone could sort of. I'm sure people already are hacking those and putting pies in, and putting proper main versions in. That's the kind of thing I'd do if I had time. And also, you can get these uh, new machines. They're they're really small. They're about three inches tall with a little sort of one-inch screen in them, playing arcade games as well. And they're from a company in America only called The Cracker Barrel. I think there's some kind of restaurants. I talked to Whitney about it, and he's got one near him, and he's going to get me one and send me one. But these, they've got Invaders, Galaxian, Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man, I think. But each game has got four games on it. You can actually switch it inside to different games. And what people have been doing is putting a four-way switch on it so you can play all four games in there in the same cab. But they're tiny little things. They're really small. It's a novelty, and you're not going to be oh, able yeah. to play it very well, are you? But... but do you know those ones I got from Walmart, which are about sort of like six, seven inches tall? They yes. are playable. They're really good. And I noticed, when I, when I talked about them on the American podcast, on the last one, Thundercade, I said I thought the Cubit one didn't have a proper four-way joystick. It has. It's actually got a gated diagonal joystick. So you can right. play it properly. And it's a good little game to play. You can play a nice game on it. I'm probably just as good on that as I am on real Cuba, i.e. not very good, but still as good as I would on a normal cab. Mm, I've seen a Star Wars one as well somewhere. Yes, that on... was like a 10-inch one, 12-inch one. Yeah. On my with, a, with a proper arcade yoke on it and everything, isn't it? And the sounds. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, they're really cool. I like the little things, but I think they're, they're more sort of a novelty, but they are a really nice novelty. 
Mm. Yeah. Now, this next one really impressed me. This is one of yours, UK. This is great. This is Bosconian on the 2600, the Atari 2600. Remember that cab that had like quarter of a K memory? Yes. And, you know, the games are like 4 or 8K or whatever back in the day. This is a game called Draconian. It's a version of Bosconi on the 2600. It's very amazing. Have they done it? I know it must be bank switching. I do not be. know. Uh, I didn't. I almost didn't believe it was running on a stock 2600. But it's on Atari Age, so it is. And it's not near April the 1st, because Atari Age are notorious for doing April Fool's jokes on these yeah. kind of games. It's not. It's a proper game. I want this when it comes out. I think you can get the ROM of it now to work in Stellar Emulator. Yeah. But it doesn't work on the emulator I'm using on my Mac. I don't think that uses Stellar, but I can probably get it to work. But I want the cartridge of this so I can play it on my 7800 because that plays Atari 2600 games as well. And I want this. I want to keep an eye out for this. There's no flicker on the game. I think there's a little bit of flicker on, on the base, on the green bases, but you can hardly see it. And there's tons of graphics on screen. I didn't know the 2600 could do half of that, let alone what this game's doing. It is speech. amazing. Yeah, it's got speech on it as well. Yeah. How amazing. does a 2600 do speech? And it sounds muffled, but you can understand what the guy's yeah, saying. Yeah, but the arcade one does, doesn't it? Yeah. Spaceship yeah. sighted. <laughs> a light, a light, a light. A light, a light. Blast <laughs> off. <laughs> What's this last one? On our you, notes. Vic, you, Vic, you're going to love this. This is fantastic <sighs> I've news. I've just seen what it is. No, I'm not. Fantastic. You know how you love the four-player classic? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in the Half Shell. Turtle Power. Yeah, well, I don't like that game at all. I hate Raw it. Raw Thrills, Eugene Jarvis's company, are making a four-player brand-new Turtles machine. But this one looks in proportion to itself. It's got like a 55-inch LCD screen on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big... Say, a 55-inch screen's about a metre across, isn't it? Yeah. And it's got a control panel in front of it, the same sort of size, with the four players on it. The thing I don't like about the, the Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, mainly, is the UK cabinet, electrocoin-built cabinet. It's like a pedestal with a huge control panel that sticks out the sides. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really ugly cabinet. It is horrible. It doesn't even look like an arcade cab. It's just nasty. And there was a couple of games, I think The Simpsons in the UK was like that as well. Mm. But the American versions of these games don't look too bad. They're just like a 25-inch screen upright cabinet with a slightly bigger control panel on. So they're sort of nicer looking things. And this one actually looks okay. Is it going to be a new version of the game? Well, it's not known yet, but it says brand new adventure, four-player action. Appeals to all ages. Cowabunga! Redemption option. So you get tickets out of it. I love some tickets, me. Yeah, I don't. You can win some beans with it. Take your two tickets of the cat. What can I have for this? You can have a can of beans. Smart price beans. Yes. But Mm. a lot of these ones, you can turn the ticket off. I think a lot of them do, because I I think the big Pac-Man and Gallagher has tickets as well. Yes. So you, if, you, if you're not sort of giving prizes out in your arcade, you just want to play it for fun rather than redemption, you can just turn it off, which I like the idea of. I'm glad they're doing that rather than making it just a redemption game because that, that sucks. Mm. You know, for us proper games players, it sucks. Kids might like it, yeah, but so what? Push them to one side, push them over, play your game, let them cry <laughs> in the corner. Don't worry about the kids. Yeah, so I like it better than the original game. Put it that way. Oh, very good. But it'll still I need, burn. I need love it. It'll still burn. <laughs> Arcade pickups. 
this is a good pickup for me straight yes. away. I bought a nineteen in one. I saw the alert on UK VAC on the eBay. I liked. I liked. I liked. I liked. Someone was saying they're selling nineteen in one PCBs. You know, with the the, the Defender and Robotron and Sky Kid and Ghosts and Goblins on those games, the nineteen in ones, for less than twelve pound delivered to my house. It was like eleven pound sixty, and everyone was like, "Oh, there could be a rip off. There's something going on here." It just came. I I put the price down, paid for it straight away. It came through the door three days later. Brilliant, and it works perfect. I already nice. had one, but I thought I'll have another one because you can just put a single game on at a time. So if I want to play Sky Kid on a cab, just put one game on there, and it loads immediately, and it looks just like a, a Sky Kid cab. You already have the PCB, you cretin. Nice. So it's it? less than twelve quid for an arcade PC with nineteen games on it, and they're they're not half bad as well. Yeah, it's very good. That mm, cheap way of uh, if you wanted to make a reproduction. Williams cab, like a Defender or a Joust. Real cheap way of doing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, wife, my wife, my wife, yeah. on Halloween is having a little party round. You're invited, by the way, but I don't think you'll be able to make it because it's a long way for you. Halloween? Yes. Uh, the Saturday before, anyway, whenever that date is. Before Ooh, the 31st. I'm at, I'm at the back here for 28th. Okay, so, anyway. Mm. I'll you. Okay. She's having this little party with the people come around and fancy dress and drinking and stuff and all that stuff. So she's got she's got tons and tons of decorations and silly string and cobwebs and skulls and everything for Halloween. She Spiders. loves that. Spiders and snakes and ghoulies. Yes. So we because we're in America, she was scouring the place, but in America really goes for it. They love it. So she's got tons of stuff. She's been buying stuff here as well. What I'm gonna do is put that little Spectar tag targ game in the front room. And put Ghosts and Goblins on it for people to play. That's it. I've forgotten the music. I was just ad-libbing. That's quite a cool little thing to play. Though. We'll put some probably put some skulls on it. Put some pretend candles around it and stuff. Make it look all scary and ooh. And ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'd be quite fun. Uh, another pickup I got. Yes. The wonderful Stuart Time Warp. That's his name. From the Time Warp Arcade down in Bridgewater, sent me Pleiad's PCB. Awesome. This is the alternate version to what we're playing. And I can't seem to get the sound working on my Phoenix cabinet, which I put it in, because the Phoenix and Pleiad's have got the same pinout, exactly the same. So you can pop the games in, in into a proper Phoenix machine. Popped it in there, works lovely, there's no sound. But he also I also had a uh, an adapter from uh, an old Phoenix board. I put, popped it in there, popped in another cab. Sound works perfectly. Right. So I'm not sure why it's not working there, because sound works on my Phoenix okay normally. I'm not sure why it's not working. Look into that. But I'm going to put it sort of side by side with Phoenix when I get my Phoenix PCB back. So I can just reach my arm in and just pull the, the cable off and put it in the next one and play either Pleiads or Phoenix in there. Another another two-game two cabinet. Excellent. So that's awesome. I bought this dark tint window film kit for some arcade glass. So you get normal sort of glass, which is quite cheap. Because if you get it tinted, it's quite expensive. But what I thought is I'll get some normal clear glass and get some of that, you know, that stuff they put on, on car windows to make them look all buoyed up, the sort of the dark tint stuff, to put on there and try it out rather than getting smoked glass. And we'll talk yeah. about that in the, the tech tips later on. I've got some glass for the above, and I'll buy some more for the other machines. I want to get all the glasses the same, looking really nice, because the old ones are all scratched and a bit faded and a bit in there. Uh, PCBs from Chris Ake uh, for very, very good price. I got Circus Charles PCB. Yeah. 
Uh, it plays spot on, but it's got blocks of colour around all the moving sprites, which shouldn't be too hard to fix. Yeah. I love Circus Charles. I do like a bit of Circus Charles. Uh, Ladybug plays perfectly. That's the one I bought thinking my one was broken. It's fine to got a spare now. And also a Phoenix, which doesn't work at all. Um, but all three of these games are original boards, and I got them for a very good price. I'm very pleased about it. Even if some of them don't work, I'm still very pleased. I nice. got a nice Skyskipper t-shirt from Whitney, which I use as my nighty. Your nighty? You have yeah. nighties? Well, pyjamas, top. <laughs> it's a nighty. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a double XL, so it's really baggy. I got it big on purpose. It's a nice little little piece of t-shirt. It's got a little Skyskipper man on the front in his thing. It's got Skyskipper reel on the back. It's good. You southerners get cold quite easy down here at night. It's getting a bit nippy down here now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, have you been getting any stuff? Yes. Before, before I go on to the rest of stuff I got. Yes. Go on, tell me what you got. I got some smelly cheese from Ross Ross. Oh, poo. Did you get smelly cheese from Ross Ross? I got Ross? some lovely cheese. Yeah. Which is going to go in a pasta. He, he gave us a great big lump of it. Cause he Stilton. Keep, he keeps goats, apparently. That's his job. He's, he's a goat farmer, and he makes this lovely cheese out of it. And it's a flipping big lump as well. That'd be quite costly. I'm really he's happy made about that, that cheese, has he? Yes, he's a, he's a cheesemaker. He's a cheesemongerer. I didn't know that. Wife loves it. I don't like Stilton. I don't um, like Stilton normally, but when it's melted in stuff, it's beautiful. Have it melted, mate. Have it on cheese on toast or something. You'll like it. No, I've tried it. I don't like it. Have you had it melted? It makes yeah, a have, di- it really I, makes a difference. I have tried it, but no, it's not not for me. Too but, strong for you, girly northerner. But Ross Ross is now wife's favourite listener. Excellent. Mm. I got some, some weird cookies. Off, uh, you got them as well. Did you get them? Oh yeah. Off Gordy Invader seventy one. Thank you again, Gordy. Give us some cookies, lesser. Yeah. It's something like um, what then? Brandy and clementine. Brandy and bacon flavour. No, it was cranberry oh. and clementine cookies. Very weird. They nice, were nice. really good. Well, um, I also must say thank you for the biscuits from Flintster, even though they're poor biscuits. <laughs> what do you mean poor biscuits? Custard creams and not yellow dust. You just got to put them in coffee or my tea to make them edible. It's too dry. <laughs> you can't, you can't meet them too dry. They're made of sand. <laughs> Gordy also gave us or gave me oh, yeah. a, Com- a Commodore 64 1942 cassette. Yes. Hang on, kids. Look at this. I've just knocked my light off. Your look light's at that, gone kids. Off. Look at the pack. Can you, can you hear the You're gonna open package it up? rustling? Also, he gave me the same biscuits as you, and I've also got this double cassette. Look at that. This is Konami's coin-up hits. I, I think this is the one I had back in the day on my Commodore 64. It's got Green Beret on it. Awesome. Mikey. Awesome. Hypersports. Awesome. Ya Kung Fu. Awesome. Ping Pong. Acceptable. But th- <laughs> these games are really good on the 64, and it's original tapes. Look. It's been shaking the tape. And it's also got a moves list in there, which is really cool for all the little games. And do you know what? It's nice. I was looking at this backstage at the show, yeah. at the Play Manchester, and James had set up a green room, right? An actual... What colour was it? Green. It was oh, like okay. a big... One of them big... Not pagodas. Always get this word mixed up. Placebo. No, gazebo. Uh, gazebo. That's not the one. gazebo. I was dancing. totally gazeboed. You dancey, right? <laughs> See what I did there? Placebo. Yes. Anyway, got one of them set up, and 
there was two sofas in there. It loaded two sofas. Well, we'd loaded two sofas on the back of a vehicle along with 125 arcade machines. Yes. And we thought, this is insanity. Why would you take two sofas? When you get there, very nice to relax. Yes. So sitting in there, Alex was interviewing John Jacobson. Alex was filming John Jacobson and James. Yes. RGP, talking about RGP. Yes. And afterwards... We'll have a link John, for that in the show notes, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards... John saw this cassette that Gordy gave us and says, what's this? Because they're used to discs, aren't they, in America? Yes, yeah. I thought it was quite, quite cute, this quite quaint. Commodore, Commodore 64 disc cassette, sorry. Yeah, I love it. I don't even use a cassette on my Commodore 64 anymore. I've got one of those um, loaders that's like a disc emulator. But this yeah. is just a really nice, it's a double cassette. Remember double cassettes? Mm. It's yeah. actually got, on the oh my God, on the back of it, it's got a price tag from RM, wherever that was, £9.95. Wow. Look at that. You can't get five games anymore for £9.95, can you? No. No chance. Right, I've been waiting to open this one for a week. This... Yes. Kids, get your one. This is a mystery package from Chris CMP. Be I'm honest, guessing, have, you, like, I, have you actually opened it? No, look, it? look, it's sealed still. I haven't. I've been really I good. haven't opened it, right? right? It's in a jiffy bag, sealed, and... I always like squeezing presents at Christmas time, right? And I always guess them, and it really annoys wife. I'm really good at it. And this is either a cartridge or a cassette. It's the same size as a cassette, or maybe even a small NES cartridge. He said something about it being edible, but don't eat it. So, should we open it? Yes, go, kids. Do a live... There you go. Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. What is that? Oh! Donkey Kong, rub off cards. This is chewing gum, and this is sealed. This is from back in the day. This has got to be like nineteen eighty four. Ah, new Miss Pac Man stickers. With I, I. Well, which got one you've Pac-Man. got? I've got Donkey Kong. I've got Miss Pac Man. Oh, nice. And there's there's also a green thing with some paper and. A, what's this? It is a cassette. You're oh, right. Is it is it? a cassette. No, mine isn't. It looks like a cassette. It's got gift alien round it. What the hell's that? Oh, I know oh, what is. this is. It's a card game. Oh, hello. So that expect from classic card game challenge. It looks like a cassette with cut. Ca- oh, hello. I do like this. It's top trumps with <gasps> Spectrum games. This is brilliant. Oh, they smell nice as well. Oh, is, is it instructions here? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I have to play this. Oh, Chucky Egg, Spy Hunter, Chucky Commando. Egg. This is awesome. Oh, so it's like a top trump. So you put one down and say, right, my playability is 95%. And then someone else says, oh, yeah. my playability is only 85%. And you win their card. There's some high playabilities here. Wow, Bedlam. These are really high. Where do you get these from? Giftalien.com. Uh, Indiegogo or Kickstarter, I think. These are awesome. Cheers, Chris. Thank you very much. Manic Miner's got 95%. Ooh, Lunar Jet, man. That was a good game. Graphics, 90%. They were really good graphics at the time. You know what we should do? Yes. Get them on the podcast and look at them later. They're really cool. It's actually in a cassette. How cool is that? In the cassette box. Thank you very much, Chris. That's awesome. They're really nice, aren't they? We'll have to play that next time we're down with some whiskey. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, don't don't eat the chewing gum. You may get anthrax. These these stickers and cards, I think I've mentioned it before. I've got the full set of Pac-Man stickers. Yes, from back in the day. Yeah. I had loads of them on my door when I was a kid. Not Miss Pac-Man, though. No. Right, one last thing, one last pick-up, which yes. is me, me 10-hour round trip, Isis number three. Sub-Electro, Isis cab number three, with 
an original Mr. Do board in it. When I got home, I didn't unload it, and I unloaded it yesterday morning. I had a look in the back of it because I could hear things moving around in the car. Because I think the yeah. actual it had a really big power supply in it. It wasn't a switcher; it was original, big like nineteen seventies block, the huge ones, and it had a like a ten inch square PCB which turned the volts of 9 volts into 12, 5, and minus 5 for the game. Yeah. So that had come loose. I think a, a, a little sort of clip-on fuse had come out of it, and the light wasn't working at the top. When I turned the game on, I made sure everything was sort of in, in the right position, nothing flopped off and broken, and it was just making a real high-pitched squeal, and the game wouldn't come on. It was just a blank screen. So I thought, oh, for God's sake, what's going on here? And I thought it was something to do it. So I was messing around with it, and I thought, right, okay, Mr. Do isn't staying in here. And the actual jammer connector, and it wasn't jammer. It was actually, it wasn't a jammer harness like you normally get to, to Mr. Do. It was actual wired for Mr. Do. And I said, well, I'm not going to keep Mr. Do in it. So mm. I, you know, it's a good game, but I don't really play it. I'm going to put another game in it. So what I did is I left the original power supply, because that's the one for the, the monitor, because you need that for the monitor. It's an ISO power supply, the monitor. And also spurred off onto a switching power supply and rewired it to jammer. I've done it now. Uh, but I haven't, I, haven't ch- I haven't tested Mr. Do PCB. Hopefully it isn't the PCB that's just died. Because when I was at, in in the guy's house, it was working and I played it. So And it was actually it was actually secured in the cab. It hadn't fell off in the cab or anything. It was actually screwed into the cabinet. So I think it's just something to do with the power supply. It's been knocked when it was moved or something. But I have got uh, an adapter. But my mate Phil has got the adapter at the moment. Cause he's got some boards for me to be fixed at the same pinout. So I have to get the adapter back and test it, and I'll probably sell the PCB. But it's the nicest uh, ice, uh, nicest sub-electro ices I've got so far. And I've Excellent. just popped... What game did I put in it? Uh, Pleiades. That Pleiades one that um, Stuart Timewalk gave me, because it's got the actual sound in there. So I've got that in there at the moment, because I, I quite like that version, which we'll mm. talk about at the end. Yes. So that is the pickups. Next segment, please. Arcade Victorian Insults Did you venture forth to that den of iniquity in the hamlet of Berry, Manchester, Mr. Spingle Bangle? I did indeed. Arcade club, rather like our cigars and brandy gentlemen's club, but with television radiogram novelty booths, playing Diggeth Duggeth and the like. Those skylarks at right. what sort do you have of them? Hmm, salt of the earth, angelic upstarts of the northern hemisphere. I cannot report any flim, flammery, or excrement bucketry on any description of these fine individuals. They also put up with me on a regular frequency. But the people didn't go there. Blackguards and poop thinkertons. Oh yes, the people that go there. Trollnads, that fellow is a tripe smuggler who lives in a dank cave. Charles of Farthington, Ivory Fingerton, and a peppered cracker of the utmost distaste. Anthony Templeton, a projectile commander of the lowest order, a greasy ragamuffin. And what of those Siamese twins, Sir Robert of Idod, and his mistress, Gary James, up your Harris? I beggar, they are console monkeys, the penchants for a waggle of the arcades. Unfathomable fools. Did you also witness Dave MacArthur Flinster and his companion Richard of Gregerson floating around the place? I wager they are both Rantalians and Zombikites. Did you partake in any of this electronic fairground giddiness at Arcade Club? 
I chanced my arm at U-Beat, and by the time I got to the musical extravagance of conducting those 16 buttons, I was off my mammary's end. Yes, indeed. I was saving my charlies proper good on music. Spin those damn steel wheels, mother. Listener feedback. We have got tons of feedback, and we're already over an hour into this podcast. Mm. Shall we? Zorro Blade, he was commenting on the New Zealand Story episode. Sorry we missed this. We somehow missed this one. Late to the episode, but wanted to con- contribute. I played the Amigran arcade versions after one after the other on my cab, and I'm hard-pressed to tell the difference, including graphically. Mm. This was a great Amiga conversion. I had it on the Amiga. I liked the biggest- it. A friend of mine had it. The biggest drawback with the Amiga version is the lack of a jump button, relying on up on the joystick instead. Matthew Bridge, have you guys seen or listened to this? Tis cool. Uh, this is a Polybius podcast about the, the scary CIA controversy thing. I haven't well, yet. I'm going to tune into that. I think it's kind of a, a fictional kind of thing in it. It's kind of some kind of story in it. And oh, nice. I think so. Excellent. I'm sure someone would have written a story over it or whatever. Brian Hambo found the original Japanese instructions for Thundercade that we played last time and the English translation. The English translation is press the spark button repeatedly without stopping. You gain as much as you can in one life and lose all your life for inferior weapons before you die at random. (laughs) Sounds uh, kosher. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tagster. Welcome back. We've all missed you, Victor. Great podcast. Victor, your accents are so good. The Yorkshire one, lol. Sean's comment on the scores made me laugh too. Closing in, Mr. Holly. Mm. It's, uh, I think, on the Tempe High School League table, Charlie Farr may have just pipped it by maybe 90 points. Oh, is that all? By the end of the year. But yeah. me and Tagster are second and third. We're close, we're close, we're close. I don't anyway, care where I am. Throw the ball. More- more on that later. Mr. Stewart, Time Warp Arcade, is, is said, sent us a tweet, just traded in at the shop, at one of his shops, or his only shop. Has he got more shops? Got tons got of shops. 400,000 shops he owns. Wow. And I can't seem to shake Hey Mickey from playing in the back of my head because someone's traded in Sega's Flicky. Oh, yeah. I, I sang Hey Flicky, which was very, very good. No, I didn't. Ten Pence Orchestra did. Damn it. Cut yes. That bit. Oh, cut, cut that bit. Cut. 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 Neil McEwen, that's Neil, 20 to 5 to me. Mr. 20 to 5 to you. Yes. Rally round, guys. Easily the best podcast anywhere on any topic. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. And then he's put, I'm only including ones by people called Vic and Sean that love biscuits. Yeah. So it narrows it down. Right, this is an interesting one. This is from Emmanuel Perillon. Hey, guys. Thanks again for yet another amazing podcast. That's undoubtedly the best podcast on Tinternet. He's actually wrote Tinternet. Mm. At least as far as UK podcasts are concerned. Well, I mean, UK podcasts about arcade games, biscuits, and insults. I have <laughs> to say, previous episode with Virtual Vic was much... Oh, hold on a minute. Better. Sean could finally show his full potential without being harumphed by the utterly annoying real Victor and his lack of knowledge on jam arcades, true orchestral music, biscuits, flicky, etc. Yes, I love this guy. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> anyway, great report on Victor's US trip. I always enjoy those. I was surprised you didn't know about NUX, those little computers I talked about, the Intel NUX. By the way, I can't understand why, non-modern gamers, people don't use all those kind of computers. There are some cheaper Chinese alternatives too. I've been using two NUCs for years, never had a single issue, super fast as well. When I heard Sean announcing the seven minutes of commented live action on Thundercate, I thought, what is this simpleton doing? This is going to be daft. 
but to my surprise, it was very entertaining. Well done and well commented, which is quite hard to do while playing. Never heard of this game before. It looks okay. When I saw the buildings falling down, I weirdly immediately thought of Cabal, which I'm sure you'll cover someday. Brilliant game in his honest opinion. Looking forward to your playouts coverage. Played this one when I was a teenager and loved it. Thanks so much, guys. Keep up the brilliant work. Cheers. I like him. Mm, I'm not so keen. <laughs> Max, maximum power up. They retweeted. McVitie's have gone out of business, question mark. Ah, this is to do with the Troll Nads picture caption contest. When was it Arcade Club? We were up the old oh. section uh, upstairs where the old selection of games are. There's a big row of really old games. And there's a Zaxxon there. And I noticed on there, we were talking near it. I think we were playing Frogger. And we're talking near it. And I noticed that the, the you know, it's got a flight stick. It's got a metal flight stick on Zaxxon with a trigger. It was mm. round the wrong way. I thought, oh, what's going on? So I picked it. I, I grabbed hold of it. And it, and it came off the machine. It was like unconnected. That's why it was round the wrong way. It must have come off somehow. I thought, oh my God, what's someone done with this? So they took a picture of us looking guilty like we'd done it. Yeah. And I was sort of pointing the thing at you going, oh, and you sort of looking a bit spaced out as well. So Mr. Trollnads took the picture and he's put a picture ca- caption contest on uh, on Twitter. So that was the first one because we looked quite shocked. And it's like, McVitie's have gone out of bad business. <laughs> That's why we look messaged. Uh, I wonder what that was. So, me looking rather startled and guilty with a detached joystick in my hand, and Sean just looks like his brain feeds from a rather cold lolly or something. It's one of my puzzled looks. So, Chris CMP is, but step back or the monkey gets it. So, I'm pointing at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Sharples, I'm with stupid, and I'm sort of pointing at Sean with the stick. Come off, Mark. This is my one. Mm-hmm. My Zaxxon seemed to have fell off the bottom of this joystick. Good. So I hate Zaxxon. <laughs> uh, Delta Lima 212. His barcode isn't scanning. He's an imposter biscuitator from the future sense of 1cc all of our games. Uh, Mr. Dean Leslie. He's got Dance Dance Revolution finalists wanted for biscuit robbery in Berry. <laughs> uh, Mark Happy Dude. Not a half shilling between them, let alone 10p. Enough, Mark. Uh, Mr. Tagster. Victor has tugged off Virtual Victor's robot sausage in an attempt to stop the rise of Virtual Victor. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Uh, right, we have another European listener. Hello, my name is... I love the European listeners. Uh, we, we are European listeners ourselves. Yes. Not for much longer. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, my name is Graziano Di Pace. Graziano. Graziano. I am an Italian player record holder of Final Fight and other Capcom games like Knights of the Round. I hold all Italian records of Final Fight in the site's ranking of Italian Arcade Extremes, uh, to which I belong. I have a few different ones. My replay and records are published on various websites, such as MARP. Twi- have you seen MARP? No, I haven't. Have heard of it? Mark Singleton uses it. It's, I think it's for MAME records. Oh, okay, cool. Very competitive. Mm-hmm. Twin Galaxies and Replay Burners. I don't know what Replay Burners is. Mm. I wanted to ask if there is a section on your page where I can post pictures or videos of my past records in various games, especially Final Fight. I'm also realize, realizing the instruction guide for this game. I was making an instruction guide where I explain the details of the main techniques and the most secrets. Cool. Making a copy of this guide in Spanish and English. Let me know if I can publish on your page my latest developments in this game, consisting of images, videos, etc. Let me know if I can post... Here is the English copy of my guide to Final Fight. We have put these in the show notes. We'll look at well done on your uh, your records and Final Fight. Cool. Mm. 
Let's have a look on there if you want to see his record. Charlie Farr. Hi, Sean. Thought I'd share this just in case you didn't know. Pleiades features for a few minutes in a 1983 film called Nightmares. The film has several short story segments, a bit like Creepshow, if you remember that. Pleiades is in the second part titled The Bishop of Battle. I've heard of this film. Mm. It's supposed to be terrible. There's lots of arcade stuff in it, though. It's about yeah. 20 minutes into the film. It's bloody poop, but I thought <laughs> you might be interested. Uh, we need to watch Bishop of Battle. Yes, we do. Shall we watch it and comment on it on the next podcast? Yes. Give ourselves a bit of homework. Yes. Yes, we'll do that. Bishop of Battle. Yes. Benson Rad, cripes, is it nearly four hours long this last podcast? I believe the RSPCA are getting in touch with Vic for murdering an insect live on the podcast. You squatted that fly thing, didn't you? Yeah, with an Atari flashback. Mm. That is the best weapon I've ever used. Is it? Dave Flintster. Google Maps, sorry to Manchester, four hours by car. Bingo! That'll keep yes. me busy. Stevie Lou, my drive to meet on Sat on the meet on Saturday, the Arcade Club meet, will be two hours. It seems you gents have thoughtfully covered my audio needs for the return journey too. Awesome. You're very welcome. WTG Bulb. Sorry for not leaving feedback for ages, chaps. Great podcast, just finished it. All the interviews and clips were awesome. Was the first one about Victor going to get a pint in the previous episode with those cheeky dingoes? Hmm. On a holiday note, Victor, I'm off to Japan again in a couple of weeks. Three weeks today, actually. Would you like some pictures of any arcades in or around Tokyo? Yes, please. Sean, would you like to see your would like to see your main setup as it sounds really interesting with the mini PC? It's something I would like to get going myself as the big PC is a tad annoying. I think the same. Nice feedback on the Facebook page from Ross Ross, Lewis Batcave, Trollnads, Sullivan Gill, Roger McGregor, and Matthew Bridge. Mm. On the PC, it's not a tiny PC, it's a small form factor PC. That's right. Mm. It's great, though. Mark, insert many coins. How many coins? Many. Tons Many, of coins. many coins. Too Tons. many coins. Best source of info on arcade PCBs, buying guides, tips, etc. Please help. Looking to take the plunge, but would like to be able to make an informed decision. Already have. Already a massive fan of your podcast, and you guys are a big reason I've decided to get into the scene. Cheers for help. You're a bloody good bunch. I suggest you go on the UK VAC forum. They will yeah. help you out. Uh, and hopefully you won't get ripped off on eBay or any unscrupulous dealers or whatever. Get a good good little cab. Get yourself some PCBs. Yeah, it's a good place to learn, I think. They're a friendly bunch on there. Mm. This is from Retromash. We also saw Arcade Club. Lovely guy. Just saw that episode five of the upcoming Stranger Things season two is set to be called Dig Dug. Intriguing. I mm. like Stranger Things. I've been looking forward to it. It's coming on soon, isn't it? The new series. Yes. Yeah, I like it. It's, it was really good, wasn't it? Very different. Very eighties. Love it. Mm. K Man, Mr. K Man, Sweden. Oh, this is after the play expo. Mr. In Your Face, Sean Holly, shaking hands and kissing babies like he's running for president. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Tactical genius. Didn't you know that the, he's Northern England's fifteenth biggest celebrity? That's you. I am fifteenth. Wow. Whoa. Here's Ross Mr. Ross Ross, sent us a picture, which I'll probably put on the uh, show notes. Getting some practice in for the weekend. There is only one arcade snack. Hobnob trying to mount a custard cream. That's a bit... Ooh. It's, it's Ooh. Like, Sensual, isn't it? It's, it's like arcade naughty, uh, biscuit naughtiness. Yes. Ian, great bit blog, has Sean Holly beaten in your face yet? That game he gave me at Revival, which is... Oh, the basketball one? Yeah. I haven't actually played it much, but I do like cheese. But you have got it in your Game Boy. I can see it there. Here we go. Listen to this Ta-ding. tune. It's great. 
That's enough of that. Okay, yeah, sorry. I saw Ian on the way out on Sunday. I said hello to him and went straight past him and went home. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't meet up with you, Ian. I saw him in Asda in Manchester. Oh, was he getting a pie? I'm not sure. I think just some kind of food stuffs. Nick73. This is talking about the sound on Pleiads. Thought it had bad sound issues when I tried it. Tried MAME and realised the sound was done by babies on a stylophone, piano and bagpipes. <laughs> not a fan. John Stewart, thanks again for the share and the shout-out as John Retro Reloader on your previous episode. Cheers, pal. Nice work on the Clay Cowgill interview, Vic. Yeah, I wish I kept the the audio running because Clay and I talked for about another three-quarters of an hour afterwards as well. Because mm. I thought we had to get going, but he was very chatty. I really enjoyed talking to him. I just wish I recorded the end bit as well. Mm. Uh, right, this is a picture from Anthony Edge. Edge at 2000, I was talking to at Arcade Club. And I remember Sorry. him now. Yeah. I remember him now because I forgot his name. I've met him before. Now I know his name and his face. I will and remember him. And he's got it on the back of his T-shirt as well. He did, after. <laughs> so, he's up PCB repair. Always do the basics first. Reset cheap chips, clean corroded legs, etc. Then five-minute work turns. Or was it because I used the right jam? And he's got a picture of a before with the screens all pink and orange. And then afterwards, proper colours on his game. That looks like Gemini Wing. Probably. Mm. I was trying to think Something. what it was. It looks like yeah. Gemini Wing. Ooh, you'll have to tell us about that, Tony. Yes. Chris CMP, great podcast, guys. Thought you'd speak about America for longer, though, Vic. Wink. Yeah, it was quite Two long. hours. Yes. It seems you can't move in America for cabs, all those planned visits, and still you found more games in the laundrette. Yep. Really enjoyed the interview with Clay Cowgill. The work he's done on multi-games as well as running an arcade is great. It was great to see you guys again at Skyskipper Revealer Arcade Club. I look forward to all your thoughts on the weekend in the next podcast. Thoughts? I kicked Chris up the bum when I was walking past him at one time. And you. Why? Why? I was going to get a drink because I just fancied it. He was bent over, I think, near that, um, that table-flipping game, and I kicked him right up the bum. You didn't kick me up, Bum, did you? I did. I went past and sort of give you a flick kick around the back. And you went, Oi! It wasn't me. It was. It might have been someone else. Oops. Some <laughs> someone of the bearded else fool. Some ever-attractive fool with a white beard. Yes. Uh, Giant <laughs> Keeling. Excellent podcast as usual. Victor said he played Donkey Kong in one of the arcades in the US, and you shouldn't really be playing on machines you have at home. I agree with that. But on my first visit to Arcade Club a couple of weeks ago, I found myself doing just that. The first cabs I played when I got there were the ones I own and the ones I'm good at. I guess it's the gamer version of you marking your territory. The first cabs I should have been playing were the ones I haven't played in 30-odd years. This is a bit of a silly phenomena. I do it all the time. Because mm. you know, even though half the time nowadays, the money you're putting into them or the money you've paid to play them isn't really relevant because you know we've got disposable incomes. We're adults nowadays. You tend to play games you're good at so you can get more out of your money. And I think we've just never forgot that. We just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose it's one you, you like as well, I suppose. Sal's been on. Yeah. Oh, this, this is about the score on play ads. 22,000 is the best I can do. This was a very fun yet frustrating game. The iffy collision detection resulted in many rage quits. I'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Sal always sends me an email to my 10 pence uh, arcade podcast email. That's why I always put mm. it in. So thank you for that, Sal. Nick73 again. Another great episode, gents. Love the longer ones as it fills my walk to and from work for the week. Really interesting to hear about Victor's travels and how cabs still seem to be everywhere in the US. Apart from Arcade Club and the Seaside Resorts, I can't remember the last time I saw a cab in the wild over here. Thanks very much for the compliments on my cab. This is the Circus Charles he got. 
Mm. I love it. Managed to hold on to my ping this time as well and not have it cancelled out straight away. I've picked up a 16-in-1 already, and thanks to the eBay seller's cock-up, got a 19-in-1 as well for free. Bonus. Nice. Flip that screen, bang it in. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not loving Pleiades as much as everyone else seems to be. Mm, half and half. I'm definitely in the minority and much prefer Phoenix to this. Yes. I've never sworn as much at a game, even letting fly with the really naughty words more than once. Sure, it's my ability, but it's one of those games where I can often last longer by not touching the controls. Whichever way I seem to move, I always get hit. Gutted I missed the Skyscraper event at Arcade Club and looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up. Mm. That concludes the feedback. Thank you for your feedback. Keep it coming, people. Shout out. Right, my shout outs. Congratulations to Dan Wood of Retro Hour. He recently got married. Well done, mate. Nice. Charlie Farr inexplicably continues to play Donkey Kong. Wow. Why? He's now at 452,000. And he, he did mention to me last night that he might try for the kill screen. Really? Yeah. It, it's the thing with, with David, Charlie Farr, he likes a challenging game. Mm. And Donkey Kong is hard. It's not impossible. And you can get better at it if you keep at it. And that's what he's doing. That's what he does a lot, I think. Mm. We were playing Dig Dug together at Arcade Club and his score is like nearly a million on there and I think I got 430,000 for my first go in a while and he, he was saying he was talking about patterns and stuff and he showed me a few patterns he nicely showed me some patterns which worked really well and it was just a pleasure playing with him it was mm. really nice so that's why I think he likes challenging games because he never used to like Donkey Kong he never used to like Dig Dug I think when he gets into them and like me he likes the learning curve and the patterns and learning things and that's what makes him better at it. He sets himself targets, like Asteroids, he said a million, which wow. is ro- rolling the score ten times, and he Ooh. did it. And and some other score on Joust, what, four million, he did it. So he's oh, going to do that. Yeah, he's they're really, do really high up, aren't they? It's just a matter of time. Oh, it was also a pleasure hanging out with uh, with David. I'd like to see how he got on with Donkey Kong Remix, but he's going to have to come to my house to play that, because I think I'm the only person in the country who's got it at the moment. Mm. Yeah, so that was nice hanging out with him. He nice. was also loving the U-Beat. You see him playing yeah. U-Beat? Yeah. I think he enjoyed that. Nice. Great, that, yeah. Shout out to a local lad, well, local to me anyway, Mike Heald and his team for the release of Wolverblade. Oh, yeah. On the He's been working on this. Stop. Hold the phone. It's on the Switch. It's on the Switch. I'm going to go and get it in a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I saw, I saw the arcade version of that at Nerd a few years ago, and it's sort of like a, a nicer version of Golden Axe with a backstory. Would that yep. be a fair present and, and much better combat? And yeah, power ups and stuff. And, power yeah, ups, combos, and awesome. Oh, yeah. on the switch, that's brilliant. Nice. It, it was in a cab at Play Manchester, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, he's had it at Nerg, and it's five years of his life he's poured into this game, and wow. it's out on Switch now, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam next month. That's November. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so well done, Mike, and it's nice getting good one. reviews as well. Well, I might give it a good review. Hmm. Cool. Uh, massive shout-outs to everyone at the Arcade Club party. Uh, everyone. Especially uh, Andy and his crew for Arcade Club. Especially the new-to-me Floor 2. I've never seen it before. Well, the rhythm games are really enjoyed. Obviously, Whitney, Alex, Porchy, Ollie Muddy Music for their hard work on Skyskipper. Did not fail. Such a lovely cab. There was lots of people playing it on stage. I didn't play it because I played it before, around Alex's. But I was... 
touching the machine, feeling the smooth parts, looking at it in real detail. It's really, really nice. It's beautiful. Mm. Also, shout out to John Jacobson for being a reet laugh in his reaction to a Scottish haggis pie. It yeah. blew his mind. Did you yeah. see him eating that? Yeah. He'd never had one before, and he, he, was, he was quite lubricated with the old beer, and he really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, so good. I had one as well. They're really nice. Uh, all our usual friends and some new ones. Everyone who came up to us, lovely comments and praise about the podcast. Uh, K-Man and the guys who came in from Europe. This was Etienne, Patrick, Andre, and a few others I don't know. Uh, hey, Andre, if you're listening, could you please start up the Eurocade meets again, please? Thank you. I have spoken to him about this. He sold all his cabs, all of them. Oh, really? What a mm. shame. So, Is he concentrating think- on the computers and consoles now, then? I'm not sure, but at least half of Eurocade was his cabs. Oh. So it'd be, yeah, I hope they do do it because it's a great time. It was it? a really good meet. Yeah, I loved that one. I echo all of what you've said above. Echo, 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 echo. It was great speaking to the American guys at play and then at Manchester. The staff from Retro Games Party, Arcade Club and Play. Shout outs to all them. Yep. And the countless listeners and friends at a match that are now more friendly than they were before. No, yeah. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the just... usual waffle from you. People will it understand. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Tech tips. Well, this is a, just a really, really quick, more sort of advice than a tech tip, right? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I've got to replace the glass bezels on my ISIS cabs, right? Because I want them all looking similar or to a good standard, right? Yeah. Because some of them, they've got like a sort of a silver print on them that's been sort of, I don't know how they put it on them. It's like a silver print with electrical, with some electro and all this sort of stuff on and some stripes going around it. And, and one of them is really, really faded. It looks sort of like a gold now. It's like been faded with the sun. And one of the cabs has got a bit of glass with some paint under it to hide the bezel. And I thought to myself, I want to look all the same, right? And you could buy, I think I think they only do up to five mil thick tinted perspex or plexiglass, they call it in America. It's yeah. quite expensive, but the thing with perspex is it, it, it scratches really easily. If you just polish your screen when it's got dust on it, the dust will scratch it. So I thought to myself, I'm not going to get perspex anymore because it's quite expensive, and glass isn't that much more expensive, and you can get the thicker glass. You can get six mil thick, which is what the original stuff is in there, okay? Yeah. So I thought to myself, oh, I'll get some tinted glass. So I went to a glass shop local to me, a really, really cool guy right near my work. So I went there Friday because I finished work early on a Friday. And I saw the guy and I said, have you got any tinted glass? He said, we've only got these two tints and they're very, very light tints. I said, oh, it's not really what I want. I want a darker tint. He said, well, we can get it sent off for you. It's a little bit more money. I said, okay. And I told him what it was for, for an arcade machine. He, he seemed interested because he's sort of my age. Oh, yeah, cool. And I sort of said what it was. He goes, oh, you know, the usual thing. Do you buy and sell them? Are you a dealer? I said, no, I just do it for a hobby. I do them up. You know, I do a podcast, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, we can do this, this, and this. And he sort of gave me an idea what to do. You can have it beveled or just sanded on the sides to make it sort of safe to touch and all this sort of stuff. And in the end, I opted for a piece of glass. He didn't have six mil thick, but he had ones that had been bonded together. Two three mil pieces that had been bonded together. So you can't mm. unstick it. And it was safety glasses. So if ever you hit it, it goes into tiny little pieces, like when a bus stop gets hit. Yeah. So it won't leave a really sharp piece and a jagged piece. It'll go into tiny little bits, which is what it should be, really, if you're going to have a proper arcade machine, in case anyone hits it. So I've got two pieces bonded together to one piece of six mil. 
clear. Okay. Because he sort of said to me, oh, you can have it, you can have it tinted. We've got to send it away for a week and it's, you know, it's a little bit more expensive. And I said, okay. And he said to me, why don't you um, try that glass tinting stuff they do for cars? And there's loads of places around me that's got the, you know, boy up car, car dealerships and they, they tint the windows and stuff. And it's sort of like a, a very thin film they, they, they put on with squeegees and they make it really smooth. So it looks like a tinted window. So I bought some right. of this tinted stuff off of eBay. It was like eight quid. And it was like in a tube. And you can get quite a lot, about six metres of it. It's quite a lot. You can do loads of, of screens with it. So I actually did it today. Did it earlier today when I finished wiring that cab up. So I got me a new bit of glass. Cleaned it all off with proper glass cleaner and a proper um, anti-static duster. So the glass was really clean. I got this stuff. Sort of roughly cut it out a bit bigger than I needed. Took me ages to peel the, the, the protective film off where the... the the glue is on it. It's like a sort of sticky back vinyl thing, but it's really, really thin. Mm. And I squeegeed it on there, and you can't get it. I, I couldn't get it absolutely perfect. There was tiny little bubbles in it, but you don't actually see it when you put it on the machine. Yeah. And it, the tint is actually quite good. But what I think I'm going to do, this is my advice, is just pay a bit more money, get it tinted properly. Because... Mm. I want the cab to look really good. And this stuff, when you're handling it, it sort of comes off a little bit and doesn't stick down very well. And it's hard getting all the bubbles out. And it it, it, it bends and puts creases in very, very easy. Cause it's very, very thin. It's only like, I don't know, 10 or 15 microns thick. It's very, very thin. And what I think I'm going to do in the future is just pay the extra money, send off the glass, get it tinted, because glass is obviously a lot stronger and tougher and scratch resistant than Perspex. And just yep. do that. Just go the whole hog, put a little bit more money into it, and I think it'd be worth it. So that is my my technical tip. Don't skimp. I sort of did it as an experiment, really, thinking, oh, I could get a load of glasses, because the glass is like £17 for a 460 mil square piece, which goes to slots in there. And I thought, you know, if I can just get I can get gla- the clear glass really easily. It doesn't have to be sent off and tinted and all this sort of stuff. But I think what in the future I'll do is I will get tinted stuff is not that much more money really and it's less hassle than messing around well Ta-da. <laughs> top 100 arcade games what are your next five sir i can i can hear your brain counting 60 oh hang on 10 20 30 40 50 60 this is lots this is 66 to 70 we're on now Ooh, we're getting close our arcades are filling up. My five are, for this week, kiddies, Asteroids Deluxe. Very nice game. I'm, I, I do prefer the original Asteroids. But... I don't. Mm. I prefer Deluxe. I like them both, but I just prefer Deluxe. There's one at Arcade but with a reflected screen at the minute, so it looks like you're playing above these rocks in the background. Very that, cool. That is the proper version of Deluxe, and it is a joy to play. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Neo Drift Out. Oh, that's a good is... little game, isn't it? Yeah, I I wanted to pick it as a show game, as a featured game, but there's no actual score on it. Oh, I see. It's just a time trial, is it? You get a time if you finish the game, and if you if you fail on level three, it says retired level three. There's no score. Oh, okay. But it's it's my favourite. There's these isometric races where where you, there's quite a few, and there's a few overhead ones where the mm-hmm. screen scrolls and that, and that's my favourite. Neo Drift Out. I really like that one. Yeah, it's a good game. Bomb Jack, classic platform. I don't know why I haven't put it on before. Bomb Jack! Oh! <laughs> initial D. Oh. I like Initial Ds. Oh, no. 
there's really good handling and drifting. There's initial D8 at RK Club. I played initial D4 in Stockholm, and I've definitely played 3 and 2 somewhere. Are they very but, different, or are they very similar, those games? Similar. They're yeah. similar. But when... Arcade Club, they're getting a card system sorted for it, so you can actually continue. Because at the, at the minute, you can just play one level game over, you have to start again. Yeah. But you, you can save your progress on these cards, so he's just getting the card readers sorted. Nice. And I'm going to really have a good try and play through the whole game. Warlord's Cocktail, which is great fun. Oh, I played the Arcade Club. Some people collared me. Yeah. I, had to sit, I was trying to get a drink out. I said, no, wife, just a minute, I've got to play this. I played it, and I won my first game. Yes! Nice. Such a good game, isn't it? So simple. Great sounds, really good difficulty level. I like it, yeah. I like the fact that when, when the, the fireball comes towards you, you can, you can hold your start button down, and it'll grab hold of it, and it wobbles about, and you can fire it really quick off at someone. So you can sort of grab hold of it, turn around the corner, and lob it at someone when someone's lobbing something at them, and you can get them. And I won I ne- the first game. Yeah, I never used that. I never used that button. Really? It's really good. It's mm. fun to use that. You can just fire it. It's sort of like a, a ricochet. And it goes really quick, and you can just you sort of you be looking like to the right, grab hold of it, turn around to the left, fire it straight up at someone. When they're not looking at it, and they're not mm. realizing it's really good, real it's challenging good. little game, isn't it? Great game, great sounds as well. It's nice. I was looking on a, a forum earlier, and someone is making a warlord's cabinet themselves out of uh, wood, and they're going to emulate it. It looks really nice what they're doing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm watching that with interest. Nice picks, apart from initial D for me. I'm not interested in that one. Mm, so my okay. next three, five, are Robotron 2048. Nice. I'm not very good at it. I'm good for about 150,000. 2084. What did I say? 2048. <laughs> no, I like 2048. Okay. 2408, 8402. One of those Robotrons anyway. There's a few. 2048. Okay. Robotron, really enjoy it. I think if I played it more, I could get a bit better because it's one of those games that I do get better at, but it's such a twitchy game. Mm. Really nice game. I really enjoy playing Robotron as well. I have got in my little arcade, my little Isis cab, my little sub electro, I've got a twin stick machine, but it's set at vertical for rescue, which is going to stay in there. And the little guest game I'm going to put in there now again Karate Chimp. Mm. Karate Champ. I always call it Chimp. So that's a good one to play in there, but I'd have to rotate the screen round for Robotron. But it's on the 19 in one, and there's a good version on the 19 in one as well. Mm. Next one, Ninja Garden. Also called Shadow Warriors. Mm. I, it's a bit of a rubbish game. It's one of those sort of go left and right and have a fight. But the thing on this game is when I played it in the arcade as a kid, I was, you know, everyone was into ninjas as a kid and ninja games. And it's one of those games where you I think about 1989, so it's the later 16 bit game. But you can sort of grab older stuff with your ninja and you can kick when you're grabbing older stuff so you can sort of swing around and kick people and you can lob people over your shoulder and lob them over cliffs and stuff and when they grab hold of you you can kick other people as well it's just a, a real interesting you can use the background you can throw people into phone boxes and hot dog stands and stuff and it's just quite a fun game it's one of those games that just grabs all your money though you've got to keep putting money into a play it's too hard to continue on one on credit but i loved it as a kid mm. the other one jungle king yeah, which we must we cover to... one day. Yes, because it's a multi multi game, and I loved playing it on Ian Ski's original cabinet. Mm. Nice little gem of a cabinet he's got there. I'm quite envious of that cab. It's lovely. Pleiades. Well done. I'm not as keen on as I used to be, but we'll talk about this actually when we do the game in a minute. Um, but I used to play this as a kid. 
in a proper mm. cocktail cabinet. And the other one, eyes, eyes, which we did a while back. I really enjoy that game. One of my favourites, yeah. I'd like to get a PCB of that, you know, and put it in one of my little ISIS cabs. Oh, I bet it's quite rare, actually. I've never seen it. It's, it's, a, it's not an XCD game. It's a Rockola game, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's got a, an eyes game, PCB or, or a bootleg, sell it to me, please. Nice. Nice. Featured game review. Featured game review this week, Featured kiddies. Featured game review, kiddies, this week. Yes. Yes. It, yes. It, yes. Yes. I'm going to be one of those kids now that just repeats everything you say. This is Pleiades, pronounced Pleiades. I looked up the pronunciation of this because on the game, in the game stream, it's P-L-E-I-A-D-S. Pleiades. Yes. Pleiades. On the actual arcade artwork, officially, it's Pleiades. It's P-L-I-A-D-E-S, is it? It's spelt differently anyway. There's and different, I looked different up, I looked yeah. up what the word Pleiades means. And it's to do with... Planets and stars, isn't it? Ah, but it's to do with Greek mythology as well. So... The Pleiades were the seven sisters, daughters of the Titan Atlas in Greek mythology. They are also star constellation. The spelling of the name in the game is Pleiades on the marquee, and all mentions in the manual are spelt Pleiades. Probably a mistake because the mythological name is spelled differently depending on sources. Ah, there you go. Mm, smart source. Pleiades. I used to call it Pleiades, so whatever you want. Mm. Don't mind. Oh, also, the game is... Uh, released by Tekken in 1981 and licensed to Century, it's a vertical-oriented fixed screen screen with some elements of scrolling shooter. Two-way controls, left, right, and fire. Left and right and a fire button, sorry. On this ROM version. Uses very similar hardware to Phoenix, the same 8085 CPU as Phoenix, and shares the same pinout. You know this to be true, Vic, because you have it in your Phoenix Trimline cab. Yeah, when I owned my Phoenix Phoenix Trimline cab the first time, before I sold it to James RGP and I had it back again years later, I had a Pleiades PCB then. And I used to just plug it straight in. It's the same pinout. And we're pretty certain that Tekan obviously made Pleiades, because it says so on there. But mm. we, we're also certain that Tekan made Phoenix, because nobody knew who programmed Phoenix the fonts are the same, and I know Phil Murray has been in the program, and he said the programming is exactly the same. So we're pretty certain Tekka made both games. So they mm. use the same pinout. Slightly different hardware, though. But Wikipedia says that Phoenix is a dedicated pinout. It is, but it shares it with Pleiades, so it's not quite dedicated to one PCB. Wrong! Mm. Mm. Gameplay is very similar to Phoenix, which we reviewed back on Podcast 87. Link in the no-shows. Yep. The instructions on the original flyer should be all you need to know about the game. Right. The, the pattern one on the flyer says, Repulse aliens coming from unknown space, controlling spaceship. Pattern two. Spaceship taking off the Earth for the great space. Fire the centre of monsters flying in a large crowd. Pattern three. Destroy both spaceship, battleship, and aliens, controlling quick-fire beam gun. Pattern 4. Spaceship returning to control base. Dodge obstacles and flashlight dotted in runway and should get plus point in safety. Nice. Brilliant, that. Glad that was so informative. Right. Before we play the, the samples of what it sounds like, 
You, sir, unbeknownst to me, recorded some audio of you playing it on the cab at Play Expo, which is yes. RGP's cab, and that is going to be put in here. Hello, podcast. It's Peter Cayman Sweden, and we're now going to have a go of Pleiades. This is the day before the Manchester Play Expo. And we've got a Pleiades with a proper sound. You can listen to that clacky fad on. Nothing like Mame. So that's level one done. I don't know what sound they were thinking of in Mame. They're probably trying to emulate it. I think these are probably discrete circuits. Coming to the mothership level. It's a much better sound, you see. Have you played this yet, Peter, this game? No, I haven't, mate. Why not? Uh, I don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> flying mushrooms. That's a bit weird. It is. And you miss bonus. Right, it's gone green. shoot him now because he gets too quick otherwise. 400 bonus instead of 1600. Now this bit where you're trying to do like the docking sequence is completely different. You may miss to this. I really like this song. Someone's coming past with a pump truck. Right, that's one loop done, so that's the sound. Yes. Unbeknownst to you, I recorded it earlier myself on my cab because I was playing the different version that Stuart Time Warp sent me. And here's what that sounds like. Right, I'm in the arcade. Uh, I've just installed this new ISIS cab and I've put the original version of Pleiades on there, and this is what it's going to sound like. So I'll pop up the cab, and I'll start a game, let you listen to the music. Oh, 
notice there's a tune in my version and not on the one you were playing. Actually, there is a very quiet tune, really quiet, that the it's right down low. But oh. I, I, because the cab was so loud, the, the volume set so loud on James's cabaret, yeah. you can just hear something, just hear Because it. in MAME, it's not the same sounds, is it? The, the, they're not quite the same. No. I'm wondering whether James's version, maybe I have a little error on it that nobody's really noticed because it's just so low and the sound should be higher. Could be. I don't know. If anyone's got a Pleiades PCB that is the version that we're playing on, on this podcast, Tech which is the one just with the Tekan version, which is just the, the fire button and not the barrier, mm-hmm. and it's not the quick version, tell us if it sounds like what we just played, please. So on MAME, the sounds and the colours are totally wrong. Mm. Also, the 60 and 1 is different as well, I noticed, so that the PCB version I've got anyway. Yeah. So level 1 is a nice... This is actual play tip, uh, play description, because those ones are on the fly are mad. Yes, they're a bit mad. They're mad. So level 1, this is what I've written anyway. Level 1 is a nice space sky scene. With your ship at the bottom of the screen, looks exactly the same as the one in Phoenix. It flaps around red and yellow. Maybe slightly thinner, would you mm. say? Very similar. Uh, with some rockets, radars, and space stuff at the bottom. Space stuff, Sean. Space stuff. Detritus. The Detritus of space. Mm. When you move left and right, while shooting different kinds of alien attackers right in face, you get some disembodied aliens that just a big gob and a pair of eyes. They don't look like they've been drawn properly and bits are missing, but they're not. Some pod-shaped things. I think you call them jelly beans. Mm. And if the aliens get low enough, they turn into these tripod kind of thingies that weave a barrier in front of your ship, which you can be if got blast through. Pointless, really, as one shot removes the barrier bricks they've laid. Don't really slow you down. On the left-hand side of your screen, near your ship, are two radars which shoot at the aliens with you when you're over that side. These help out a little bit, but can be destroyed by the aliens and have no defences. Nothing happens if they get destroyed, though. Another pointless act. On the left and right side of the screen are some rocket ship things that act like a barrier, like like the barrier in Space Invaders. They do sort of shield you for a bit. You can hide under them, but also you can shoot through them. So it's kind of a good barrier, that, until they well, get destroyed. I, I didn't notice it worked on the left-hand side, but it does work on the right-hand side. Yeah, the... the what are they? The radars can take a few bullets before they're destroyed. Oh, really? Because the yeah. rockets on the right-hand side definitely work as a barrier, but the left-hand ones, I didn't notice they worked. I think they do hmm. a bit. Okay. Mm. When you kill off a few waves of these gangly buggers, you fly off to the second level. You actually blast off. When there are two aliens left, the colour palette changes. I reckon this is a bug, and the manual just puts that nonsense in here to claim it as a feature. It actually <laughs> does claim it as a feature. So level two is Bin Lid Meanie Madness. This is almost the same as the hate beak level in Phoenix. Eight mean-looking bin lids float around, starting off small and growing in size. When full size, you've got hit them right in the face. To destroy them, just like in Phoenix. You can wing them by hitting the left or right or both sides of them. They look really angry when you do this and sort of float around and then dive straight down. But when winged, they cannot fly from side to side erratically anymore. Hit both wings and then hit face to get up to 400 points each for them. Level 3. This is a tiny mothership level. This is almost the same as Phoenix again, but the mothership isn't anywhere near as grand and is static. Alien attackers from level 1 flap around trying to shoot you more and more often than than they collide with you. The way to increase your bonus, which is displayed by the weenie mothership, is to fire a bullet into the exhaust holes when they periodically open up. There are five to destroy. The mo ship is destroyed if you get all five chambers or if you kill off 16 of the alien attackers. You get the bonus displayed on screen. 
can be up to 9,600 points on later levels. You're faster fire on this level too. Yeah, you have double bullets instead of one bullet. Okay. Very similar to Phoenix on the uh, the second level of that as well. Mm-hmm. Level four, I call this the pointless inertia guff level. Yeah. Uh, SOS, SOS, SOS. At once, return to Earth. Guide your ship through a corridor of knackered spaceships to the target thingy at the top of the screen. The screen slowly scrolls down while you manoeuvre between static spaceships at the target in the centre. Touch random located flags for bonus points. Touch anything else, you die! When you reach the target, you get a bonus from 500 to 4,000 points. You get a pathetic display of fireworks when you get there. Yay! Woo! (laughs) Uh, how exciting. Turns out that Earth is a big target on a spaceship runway. Nice. I think someone on manual writing duty got inventive there, do you? Yes. When the screen is finished scrolling, though, you realise that you are back at the beginning level again. The beginning level is scrolling into view. How cool is that, Vic? Not very. Oh, it's quite cool. Mm. Would you like to know some play tips, secrets, slash play tips and more secrets? I would be overjoyed to hear those. Really? Mm, not really yeah I would go on tell me tell me some play tips it's all about accuracy and I've made up a new catchphrase here do you want to hear it go on then don't waste a bullet waste a bad guy shall I do it in a better accent go on don't waste a bullet waste a bad guy that's obviously just in games yeah yeah don't do it in real life don't waste bad guys in real life no no level one it is easy to get rammed inside by the jelly blobs, I've called them. I think they're UFO things. When they're they, jelly blobs. When they dive bomb you, you can sort of guess when they're about to descend and you can go under them. If you start running away from them, they're going to get you. You've got to sort of go. F- if they're coming from the left down at you, you go right, go under them. Okay. That's the best or way. Or go right into them like I was. Yes. That's oh, cool. no, don't do that. Don't do that. This is also true on the mothership level, the same kind of attack patterns watch out for enemies appearing from behind the horizon have you seen that yes they pop up yeah green hills in the middle third of the screen i'm calling the horizon they sort of come up from under that and bullets are immediately firing down and normally it's kind of near the center of the screen so you have very little time to get out of the way level two I dispatch these hate lids as soon as possible. No point pressing for me. I don't bother with the 400 points, you know, shooting two wings and then the miggle. Oh, no, there's a better there's a better point scabbing routine than that, you know. Mm. If you leave one of the hate beak lid bin lids, that's a copyright name, that is. Mm. If you leave one of them, to, if you go to the side, like the left-hand side, you can keep shooting them in the wing. That you, they won't, you can't kill it. You just keep shooting them in the wing. And they come down, they keep coming down, and you let them pass... Go back, keep shooting the wing. You get 20 points per hit on the wing, right? And you can do it loads and loads and loads of times. But what happens is it gets very, very fast. If you leave it, it sort of recovers its wing and then it flies back at you. And you can do it again. But when it flies again, it's really, really quick. You'll be careful. But you can point scab 20 points for each hit on the wing before it'll kill it. But what I'd normally do is hit it a few times in the wing, let it go, hit both wings and kill it in the middle because you get 400 for that, like you Mm. just said. But you can do that for a long time. Uh, yeah, I can't be bothered. But 20 you... points is not a lot, but you can hit quite a lot of times. Mm. A couple of thousand out of it, I think. Yeah, I stay in the middle of the screen normally when you get to the last two or three birds, and then you can sort of... It's the same sort of thing. You, you can kind of guess when they're going to swoop at you, but they are evil when you try and go under them again. Yeah. Don't try running away. Don't get caught in a corner. No. 
No, no. Level three, shoot all exhaust ports on the mothership before shooting all of the aliens for the big bonus points. The mothership oh. turns green when it's about to explode, so keep at least one alien guy alive and wait for the ports to open. But bail out if the baddies go mentally fast. It's just not worth it because you're going to get killed. Not worth it, kids. Your bonus points for this increase up to... I've gone, don't know why. Your bonus points for this increase up to 9,600 points on the sixth wave if you can destroy the mothership. That's cool. I didn't get that far. I didn't get yeah. that far. So if you, if, you leave, if you hit the fifth exhaust port when it's open, mm. you'll get the biggest bonus. But can you still get the 16 bad guys at the same time or not? You do one or the other? It's one or the other, yeah. Oh, okay. You can leave one bad guy. I suppose for maximum points, you'd leave one bad guy alive, wouldn't you? And yeah. get the fifth exhaust port. Mm-hmm. Still get a few points, though. We're on later levels, like one exhaust port's like 400, then 800, then 1,200, then, you know, yeah. you, you get quite a few. Even The if most I've had is 3,200 for the, the, the mother, mother ship. Yeah. Because also, if you get the jelly blobs, they're a lot more points as well because they're harder to hit quicker. Yeah, that is the the biggest thing with this game. Like Chris CMP mentioned to me at Manchester, the the, the collision detection seems off on them jelly blobs. Your you bullets, you have to be bang in the middle to kill them. They sort of if you scrape them, they don't die. Yeah, but it's, it, it's the same kind of programming and hardware as Phoenix, which was a bit dodgy with features, yeah. wasn't it? With features, yes. On the fourth level, which you call the pointless pointless inertia guff level. Yeah, pointless inertia guff level. I, I don't mind it. Don't take unnecessary risks collecting the flags. Your white gun cannon on the front of your ship can actually go through the obstacles a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can go through them quite a bit, actually, but the bottom of your ship cannot, cannot yeah, get anywhere. Yeah, pixel scraping will kill you. Yeah. Yes. Try to aim in the exact middle of the target as you get there for more points. Yes. There is sometimes a flag, actually, that appears right under your ship when you start. If there is a flag at about... I've set a time here, 5.35 on a clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just past half past five. If if you see, if you're looking straight at the screen and you see a flag there, there might be one underneath it. So you move straight to the left really quick and you collect it. Okay. It's not even, you know, where the grid lines start on the... Yes. It's even before that. Yeah. That's obviously another feature. Mm, Hmm. Isn't it just? Yeah, so that sometimes happens. That is... (sighs) It's a really weird level, that. It doesn't it's weird. Really, not in line with the rest of the game, is it? It's a weird game. Yeah, it is a bit odd. So the graphics and sound on this game, the standard aliens, they don't look right. Because they're just like eyes and a mouth, and there's nothing joining them. Mm. And then it's, when they turn into tripod thingies, I really like the animation they do when they lay in the barriers. Because they do sort of wiggly, woggly legs. The legs are good, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I used to love that as a kid. And I remember playing this game in a cafe in Bilton, which is in rugby when I lived as a kid, near the cemetery. It was across the road from the cemetery. Mm. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was fascinated when I found this and always played it when we went then to the little village. Always asked my mum to go there. The bin lids are supposed to be monsters and they look like they're drawn by a child. They're pathetic. Mm. Uh, the mothership is more like a big sister ship compared to a mighty Phoenix one. Yeah. The ones in Phoenix is way bigger. The sounds on this version are just weird bloops and pews, some nasty siren noises thrown in for bad measure. Mm-hmm. But that's to do with the MAME and the animation is, and, and the emulation, isn't it? Because the PCB yeah. version is actually quite good sounds. I like the PCB version, especially the one I've got. Mm. So did you play it as a kid? Do you see it at all in the arcades? 
I don't remember it, no. Because it was an official cab as well from, from Century. But I don't know if we got it in the UK. It might be one of them weird ones I looked at and thought, God, I don't know. Because when you first start, start it, say you've played Gallagher and Galaxian and Space Invaders, and you've got that nice, clean starting screen. Yes. If you start this up, there's a load of junk on the bottom of the screen. It looks yeah. like junk, doesn't it? It looks like it's crashed. Yeah, and you th- yeah, it does. And you've, and you've got to sort of get past that to play the game, I think. Yeah. So the scoring on this, we sort of explained a bit of the scoring scabbing point points, but here are our listeners' scores and ours and some comments between them. So Alan Delta Lima got 2,000. No time to play this game at all. Rubbish scores. Any points for coming last with a few shows in a row? No. No. Mark Clayton, 4,500. Not my proudest moment. Giggity. 7250. Just a quick go to register a score. Thanks. Lewis Batcave, 9000. Managed to do this while holding his new baby, brand new baby, Lewis IV. Lewis 4. Yeah, nice one. He, uh, we'll give him a few. We'll give him 50 bonus points for that. that so he's shoots, still in the same position. He shoots right at the rankings. Yeah, to the same place. Mm. Mark Happy Dude, 9290. Carl Parry, 10330. Gary Ferguson, 10530. A lot of players this time. 34. Loads, yeah, loads. Because it's a good game, you see. No. Ross Ross, 11,140. It looks fantastic, but the last level interferes with the pacing. Tacked on like a bad docking sequence. Yes, we will be talking about that a little bit later. Ben of Steel, 11,620. He says, it's a tough game, enjoyable for a few hours, then wears thin. Needs more substance. Much before Phoenix, which was released before. No, it was released afterwards. No, sorry. Phoenix was before, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Sorry, yeah. Ooh. Chris CMP, 11.770. Not a game for me. Bad collision detection drives me mad. Uh, Retromash, 11.890. I like Pleiades better than Phoenix, in my opinion. I really enjoy the game, but also find it infuriating at times, too. Mm. Paul McCaskey, 12.280. Haven't had much time to play this, but I like it. Uh, Rolly Retro, 12.920. Not a very good score, but no cheap deaths. Need to work out scoring mechanism on the box boss level. Mm. Ed Horse, thirteen one seventy. Uh, Troll Nads, thirteen thousand four hundred ninety. I preferred the other, obviously easier version. Mm. Mick Berry, thirteen five eighty. It's better than Phoenix, but the third stage is infuriating. Vincent Marmite. Who's Vincent? Who's Vincent Marmite? I don't know. He's a new player. Yeah. Uh, fourteen thousand four hundred eighty. What score did you get, Vic? Ah. That was my score. I put Vincent Marmite to the Victor Marland. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove your feet when I see you. <laughs> yes, that was my score. Sorry, I didn't realise that. Um, I, 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 I don't care about this game anymore. Well, uh, Fourteen thousand one eighty. Yeah, I played that. I think this morning. Um, I got slightly higher on the other version, which I also prefer. Tronas is correct. Mm. Jeremy Riley. 14,650. Pleiades is Phoenix design with Mooncrest's random enemy patterns. Because your fire rate is so slow, they're so frustrating. Mm. Yes. Chris Mooncrester bootleg, 15,580. He's finally got to the third boss, he said. Mark K, 15,660. Crap collision, crap graphics, crap SFX. Yeah, I bloody love it. Pity <laughs> I'm so crap at it. There was a lot of crap in there. Yeah. Brian Hambo, 16,000. Being one more gaming all week. Just playing one more, one more. Can't make any progress on this at all. Please accept this picture of Dig Dug instead. Have you seen that? No. It's a little Dig Dug character. It's not It's not the Ham- Fumbo, Funko things. It's another one. Oh, Funko have released a new one, have they? by the way. Yeah. 
It's a bigger one. It's a Funko Pop, one of the bigger ones, and I want it. Oh. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. But mashing fun, 17,680. The dropping pineapple board is fine, but don't care much for the killer moths that follow. At least you get a break on the ship traffic jam level. <laughs> That's a good description. Fair man. enough, yeah. Paul Cunningham, 17,710. Nick, 73, 17,880. Not feeling in love like everyone else. Those damn little cheating, diving, swerving gets are doing my head in. They're clearly psychic. Much prefer Phoenix. Mm. Ian Cullen, 18-120. Really enjoyed this one, and it remained in my favourites list. Well done, Ian. Have my doubts at first due to it being similar to that other game, but it's a cracker. Please keep all future game choices to this standard. Oh, no, I hope not. Sal Buglarisi, we mentioned earlier. Thanks, Sal. 22,210. Sol, 23-620. Dead men don't wear pleiad. Played. Uh, actually, he said... Dead men don't wear bland. <laughs> you, you met him, did you? Did you? Yes, and he has got a Yorkshire accent, which he I has. thought was brilliant. Yeah, right. nice. Steve Tyke, twenty four thousand three hundred twenty. This game is evil. Thought Phoenix was hard. Neil twenty five twenty five seven seventy. Frustrating, yes, but it still has that one more go factor. I like it. Great variation in levels and huge, massive hate peaks. Mm. Matthew Bridge, twenty eight six sixty. Great game, have enjoyed playing. And in third, fourth place, fourth yes. place, Mr. Loser. Mr. Tagster. <laughs> I have beaten Tagster this week. Whoa, come on, you English lads. Beat the Australian guy. Woo! <laughs> He's beat me twice in a twice in a row, so I'm getting my own back. 28, 8, 30. Enjoyed this, but the damn swooping alien birds is a pain in the ass. I, yep. He said, Sean Holly, I tip my Victorian hat to you, is conceding defeat, and so he should. Ha ha. <laughs> Mark, Mark, insert many comments. 31,770. Not a game I've played before, I would normally have gone for, but enjoying playing it. Have fun playing it. Good score, that. And in second place is me with 38,480. In your face, everyone else who's not called Charlie Farr. And Mr. Farr. Oh my god, really? 102,920. Just realised the number of end loop fireworks is the number of completed loops. How did he get 100? Is that a world record? It's second in the world on MAME on Twin Galaxies. What's wrong with the bloke? <laughs> Orcade doesn't have a, a track for this. It's the Century wow. version they're playing. 400,000 Richie Knuckles has got on the, on the Century one. Which, oh, the one that I've got. Which shows how much easier it is, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I think so. So I think Charlie Farr could get a world record on MAME. I reckon he could. So that this week... insane. Because the last time I looked, I thought on Twitter, I think he's on like 38,000 or something. Yeah, he got he got 48, and then he's and he's just jumped up. Well, I suppose if you're getting 9,600 for every boss, if you can get that good, mm. it would escalate quite quickly, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's saying the only oh, screen Lord. that kills him is the large hate beak screen. Every other screen doesn't kill him. Ever. They go really quickly. Mm. Really quickly. So this week, kids, if we add up the players who came in second, third, fourth, and fifth, we can beat Charlie Farr. Whoa! Yeah, it's just four of you together can beat him. Yep. What an easy victory. Yep, nice one. Thanks for all those players. It's been brilliant, that. Mm-hmm. Right, on... Talking about scores, on the 10 pence high score league table, we're quite away through the year now. Yeah. So we're just looking out. Just I look don't at... like the high score table. I like it. I really don't like it. <laughs> just looking at first is Charlie Farr with a fantastic 146 points. No shiz. And second is me, 20, 
two points behind with 124. Yeah. And Tagster's in third now with 117. So we should ban him. Tagster's got seven points to beat me by by the end of the year. It's going to be close. Mm, we'll fix it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I'll edit, yeah. I'll edit that bit out. Sorry. Oh, well done. Alpha one. Ali Alpha One thinks he can cheat. I'm putting scores on by, by photoshopping zeros on the end of my Pleiad score and calling it his own, and saying that he's beating everyone. Did you see that? Yes. He put loads of zeros on, and then Charlie Farr put an outrun score on. He, photo- <laughs> he photoshopped an outrun score on his. To be nice. Him. Yeah. Well, this game might not be brilliant, but the cabinet art—it's lots of it and loads of different types. The Century version, the original version, has buttons for left and right, as did the American version of Phoenix. Well, the ones we play are usually joystick, aren't they, controlled? The the cabaret one that RGP's got is button controlled. Oh, is it? Mm. Well, my... Oh, I've got a Phoenix, so I don't know. But the one we're looking at here, which I'll put on the show notes, is the original uh, Century one, has got left and right buttons on the left-hand side, and it's got two buttons on the right-hand side. What does that tell you? It's a different PCB. Yeah, different version, the original one. So we've been playing the wrong one. Do you know what I reckon? It doesn't really matter, because that's the one we chose, and everyone's been playing it, but it's not the real one. It's not the original one. I think it might be a bootleg. I reckon Tekken made it originally. Yeah. Licensed it to Century, who have altered it by putting a warp button on and making it faster. The ship moves faster, and it fires two bullets And you get a lot more aliens on the first level as well. I I prefer this version, the one that Stuart Tracy sent me, to the one we've been playing, which is the one on the ninety and the sixty and one as well. So I prefer the faster one. one? Yeah, yeah, it's the normal version on the sixty and one. I'm not sure if you can change ROM sets or not. Sometimes you can, but the version he sent me on the PCB is the proper version, which is on the the control panel. So the artwork cabinet. Is the cabinet's the same as Phoenix, the Century version, or the Amstar version. Uh, but it's got its own art set. And the art set's really nice on the side of it. It covers sort of the top sort of two-thirds of the cabinet around the sort of the, the angles of it. And it's sort of like a star scene with Pleiads and really cool writing. And mm. loads of spaceships going on, some space uh, space centres and stuff. But there's loads of other versions released as well, usually with a joystick. Yeah. Um, rather than the buttons, which is the same as Phoenix. So the awesome Japanese cabinet is really nice. It's got artwork all over it. It's covered in artwork. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I reckon the back door's even got artwork on it, probably. I can't see that. We'll put all these pictures on the show notes, so everyone have a look. But the Spanish version, I fell in love with. Mm. There's there's a, a quite a tall tabletop version, a cocktail, with no artwork on it at all. There's a mini version, which I would have in my arcade, because I am the king of cabaret. And it's got one button. Can you see that? It's just got yes, one, not two one buttons. button. So that must be, oh, I don't know, maybe it's a, a, a territory version. I don't know. Mm. And then you've got the upright uh, Spanish version by Erexa, which looks rather like a Gorf cabinet, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It looks like a Gorf. So totally different in Spain. I think, I've got a feeling they're Italian another version of it as well. So yeah. This flyer was uploaded, this one I'm looking at, the Spanish version, was uploaded to Taffa, the Arcade Flyers archive, by our mate from DLF, Bruno. Nice. Yes, noticed that on there. And one of the cabs has yet another different spelling of Pleiades. It's P-L-I-A-D-E-S. Oh, yeah, that's different again. So that's three different spellings. Because there's different spellings of, of the mythical the Greek mythology and also the star signs, and there's loads of different versions and meanings of Pleiades, or 
Pleiades. Could be, yeah. So I mentioned earlier the trivia of Pleiades with the, the Seven Sisters bit, but I think we were playing the wrong version. A different version. I think we were playing the first version that came out. You reckon? And you I reckon do. it was it was altered to be a better game by making it faster, a little bit hard. Well, a little bit easier because it's got the fire firing faster. And you also got the weird hyperspace button I don't like. And the cab I've got it in, that new ISIS, has only got one button. So I'm not using the hyperspace when I play it. It's like it an afterthought, that, isn't it? Yeah, because it doesn't... It's not a barrier like Phoenix. But what happens is when you're sort of moving left and you press it, you sort of go invisible for a second, but you still keep moving. So then you pop up a few a second or so later on the, on you know further left or whatever. So if yeah. you're being fired, you'll miss it. But it's very hard to be to, to and then I think it takes re- a while to recharge like the the barrier on Phoenix. But what I'm thinking is they could also put pleads in old Phoenix cabinets, and you've still got the two buttons. Maybe mm. it's only a thought, but I don't know. So we we're playing a different version because the official Century game cab had the two buttons on it and the artwork for it. And in the manual, it's got it in there as well. So the instructions state there are two action buttons, fire and warp button, to randomly relocate spacecraft during the gameplay. The real version also has a tune at the start, which you think is also on the version you played on RGP's cab. It was very, very low. (laughs) Yes. So there are differences, isn't there? If you look at the main info... Main yeah. info file. It says Pleiades was a partnership game between Tekken and Century. So I think Tekken made it, Century changed it. Oh, maybe. Century tended to partner up with other companies such as SNK for Vanguard and Amstar for Phoenix. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So it could have gone so when we're talking about Phoenix, Tekken could have licensed it to Century and Century could have licensed licensed it to Amstar. I'm on about Phoenix now. Yeah, yeah, because that's yeah, it's a bit complicated, isn't it? Mm. And you reckon that they've they've added the barrier, slightly different background graphics, and a faster ship to their version. Yeah, and more and more bullets as well. Yeah, I think the version I've got, which is the faster one with the barrier, is more fun because it's quicker, a little bit easier, but it's quicker. And I think it's more fun of a game. It's uh, yeah, I like the I like the purity of the, of just having one button. Don't give me that old bump. <laughs> purity pa pa i say pa it's too easy the other one so um it's definitely the follow-up to phoenix no one really knows who program phoenix but i was in reliably informed by phil murray the code is nine exactly the same which makes tech responsible for phoenix it's got to be the, yeah the, the same fonts are the same, same the color pats are the same and the general feel of the game is exactly the same players doesn't seem to have the bugs though oh, sorry special features uh, the Phoenix has, but you also say that, like in Phoenix, your bullets don't reach the top of the screen. So if there's an alien no. on the top of the screen, you'll miss them. Yeah, that is so poor, isn't it? You think they'd they'd learn some lessons from Phoenix, but you said also that the the collision detection is not very good on the jelly blobs. No, so they just weren't very good at programming games, were they? Until they got to Bomb Jack, which is really good. But they're both really good games. Phoenix and I Cleads. love Phoenix for all yeah. its foibles and and errors and, and bad gameplay parts. I really like it. This one I don't like as much, but I still quite like it. I do prefer it over Phoenix, I think. Well, that's where you and me differ, sir. But Phoenix has got one of the best sound effects in any game. When you wing a bird and it like just lets out that little scream. 
Yeah. Like, like, I love that sound. Ooh, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a bit better. It doesn't go, ooh, I say. It's Is a it a Victorian boat? Ooh, I, I, they've been hurt. I seem oh. to have been chafed. So I think the alternative ROM set is a better game. The warp thing isn't very useful, though, and the faster firing really is. More baddies to shoot, uh, makes up for it a bit. Uh, a bit of a higher scoring game because the more aliens to shoot in face. Mm. Yeah, the hit target with your ship is a bit pointless and out of context. You know the bit where you've got the knackered island thing to dock your ship? Mm. I just don't understand that bit. It's, it's really out of character for the game. And I reckon they just nicked the idea from Mooncrest or Astro Blaster. Yeah, you docking, dock your ship. yeah, docking was quite popular at one point, wasn't it? But it was, I mean, and this is quite, I mean, the docking on this can be quite tricky because sometimes it's very, and it, your, your ship flaps about when you're trying to move it. It doesn't stay still. It does. It's got a bit of inertia to it. And Mooncrester was really easy and so was Astro Blaster, but this is a bit more difficult. Mm. I just don't see a point for it because it, it's a shooting game and you've got this weird bit. And on that level, you can shoot, but you've got nothing to shoot at. What's the point? Why does it Why does it leave the, the shot still on? You might as well turn it off. Strange. It's odd, isn't it? Mm. Uh, if I didn't know better, I'd have said that Pleiades came out first and then Phoenix was the better follow-up with mm. gameplay, but obviously not in programming skills. The birds in Phoenix just look a lot nicer and a ship at the end is more fun to destroy and it's got a better explosion at the end as well. Mm-hmm. It blows up. Uh, music and sounds are way better in Phoenix, I reckon. Uh, but the proper version of Pleiad sound is pretty good as well. I've got a theory. Go on. I've got a theory. I wonder if Pleiads was programmed first, never released. Oh. They improved on Hello. it, released Phoenix. Phoenix became very popular. They're thinking, I thought Sod it will put Pleiads out as well. Yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, could well be. You could have no be. idea because no. they're very – it's only a year apart. It's less than that, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, may well be then. Reckon. Mm. Yeah, because when, when they got when Phoenix was obviously a hit, it's quite a good little game. They probably thought, oh, we got the other game. It's a bit like it. Let's bang it out as well. We've yeah. already got it. Let's bang it out. Mm. And then Century. You might have a theory there, sir. Century put a, a, a really weird warp on it to make it a bit different, which involved no no other graphics or hardly any programming. It, yeah, but it used the button, the barrier button on Phoenix cabs. Yes. Do you reckon? You, might, you got something there, son. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, my thoughts. I prefer it over Phoenix, despite the inferior graphics. It has a charm that I've grown to enjoy over the last couple of years after playing it at numerous events around the country in the same Retro Games Party cabaret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've played you should, it a lot. You should nick it. Yeah. He's not looking, just bang it in the back of your car. It's Isn't not that heavy, that one. Oh. I like I like the sound and the gameplay better than Phoenix, in my opinion. Do you? I'd improve the collision detection on the stupid jelly bob blobs, as that is a bit off, I think. Mm. That's it. Home computer and console arcade ports. I put the DK Remix kit on me DK four-layer board in mm. me Donkey Kong Jr. cabinet. This is a hardware add-on for original Donkey Kong PCBs. comes in at $70 for the DK Remix or $80 for the DK Remix, Deranged, Trainer and Pace Kit, which is the one I bought. For another $10, I thought I'd get it. You change between versions and back to the original untouched version by holding down the jump button during the track mode. The daughter card fits in the Z80 socket on the DK PCB, and then you replug the Z80 into the daughter card, as you do with a lot of these daughter card add-ons. Remix provides six new stages and three bonus stages, as well as the original four stages in the game. This totally mixes things up a bit. I think you need to be a reasonable player at DK to be able to get along with these new levels. A novice would have a very short game. 
But then again, novices have a very short game of normal Donkey Kong, to be honest. Mm. This board is also a high score saver for all the versions of DK on there, all stored independently for each version. You can also set up switch settings in a menu rather than dragging your PCB out of the cab and physically changing them. You actually change them on screen and it will remember where they set up. So you don't have to go in the cab and physically move the little switches. Right. So, new level one. This is the new version of the girders level. This time, there are two brakes in the middle, and the girders are angled away from each other at the brakes. This makes the barrels go in different directions as they're coming down. When some of the barrels reach the bottom, they hit a spring near the oil barrel and fly back up to the top of the screen to start rolling back down again. That is really odd seeing barrels flapping about. Right. Boing! The next level is the usual rivets level. Do this to knock Kong off his perch, and then you get to the first bonus level. You only have three levels split by ladders and two sets of rivets holding the platforms in space in place. You have to smash the firefoxes with the one hammer on the level, drop a platform on them, or jump over them. Keep alive until the bonus runs out and you get an additional survival bonus. So that's a little sort of tiny bonus level, sort of half a screen bonus level. Mm. The next level is basically the first level, but most of it reversed. This means barrels are usually chasing behind you rather than coming at you from the direction you're running. It's weird. And it takes a bit of getting used to. Most of the ladders are longer than normal and need to be approached and handled a little bit different from the normal level. And then you get a normal springy level, which is easy enough. Uh, and then a new rivet level. When you remove the rivets, the platforms fall down, smashing anything in their way. These can now be climbed to get to different parts of the level. And there is also a pair of blue hammers present on this level. These allow you to smash the baddies as normal, but you can also jump with the hammer. So you can actually get higher with it and go and chase baddies around. You can't climb ladders with it. You can only jump on stuff, though. When you jump, you can also reach higher with the hammer. Good for getting a firefox if it's trying to dart up a ladder. Uh, new bonus level again. Rapid fire barrels to jump and smash until the timer runs out. There's only a half-sized area of girders, which really bunches up the amount of barrels. This is quite hard. You now play the normal first level. As Kong has already gone down twice, you are starting the usual first screen on level 3 difficulty. Right. So you can control the barrels now. Uh, there's a new pie factory level as well. It looks reversed like the earlier Gerda level. But it really messes you up. If you're used to playing the normal levels, you sort of go on the right-hand side and just whip up the side. On this one, you've sort of got to go on the left-hand side because things are kind of reversed. You can grab some blue jumpy hammers again on this level to help yourself. When you get to the top, you actually have to get up the ladder on the same level as Kong, not just to his level. Remember? Right. Uh, and the top platform is also a conveyor, just to make it even more tricky. If you hit Kong, you'll die. So you've got to sort of follow him across and then get up the ladder where Pauline is. Is he animated or is he just still? He's like, like, he's like doing a moonwalk <laughs> across. Yeah, it's quite fun. Uh, now there's a slightly changed springs level. You start a different place than normal, and there's some nicely placed blue jumpy hammers again. Grab these and you can smash the fireys as well as the springs for points. I didn't know you could hit the springs, but apparently you can. Same kind of tactics needed for this new springs level as the old one. When you get to the top, you can get a blue hammer and smash the springs as they come over you, but be careful. There's a weird hybrid of the rivets and springs level next with conveyors. Same as before, when you knock out the rivets, the platforms will fall. You also need to touch the conveyor switch to reverse the lift to get back to the top, which is totally new. I haven't got that far yet. I've just been watching a video to get onto it. It looks great, though. Uh, the third type of bonus level is a small version of the Pie Factory. Smash or jump as many Firefoxes and Pies as you can as the timer runs down. Uh, the normal version of the Pie Factory level is next, with one subtle difference. 
you don't just get to the same level as Kong. You need to scramble up the ladder again like the other one as he's pacing backwards and forwards. Uh, the levels then repeat in whatever sequence they do. That's it. That's the sort of level then. This game is difficult, but very similar in style and tactics to Donkey Kong. A fine piece of work, I reckon. But I prefer this much more than D2K, which is another add-on you can get for Donkey Kong, which is yep. super hard and not as much fun to play. The yeah. levels aren't quite as well thought out, I don't think. I'll have a few more plays of Alex's DK Junior remix. He's got the Junior kit. And I'll work out if I need to purchase that as well. But yeah. I like this one, and I, I really recommend it to people who like Donkey Kong. It's really cool. But you've got to have an original board. I don't think it's on MAME. I don't think it will be because it's being sold. It's, a, it's yeah. an ongoing project. And you need an original. I don't know if it'd work in a bootleg board. If anyone knows, tell us, and we'll report on it. But you it, need an original board for it. Is there any videos of this anywhere? Yeah, loads of videos. I put a link on the YouTube. So oh, I'll have a it. look at that then. It's a lot of fun. It completely messes with you. If you're used to playing Donkey Kong, and I've played a lot of Donkey Kong, it messes with you. But when you learn the levels, it's like playing Kong again. You get into it and you remember the levels and the rules, you know? Mm. Really enjoyed it. I won't be playing. <laughs> I hated it at first, and then I got into it. I persevered with it and really got into it, and now I like it. Nice. That's a good thing. Next show's game. Let's whiz through this. We've got to go. It's a long one, this. Two and a half hours, mate. Uh, what is... Oh, I, I actually filled this out for you. We have a little thing on our on our notes, next show's game, and you've put Beardy Fool picks a game. And I've called the game Beard Attack. Uh, developer Baldy Fool Productions at Blackburn Council. <laughs> uh, the ROM set is beardat.bin. Lives, not enough. Extra lives, yes, please. Difficulty level, int fast level. <laughs> Uh, so what are you going to choose? And it better be a, an obscure one and an old one and a good one, or you're in trouble. So. And you've also put a deadline for score submissions. It's 43rd of Extember of Oblivion. Yes. So have your scores in by the 43rd of Extember of the year Oblivion. <laughs> right, I'm picking. Yeah. I thought I wanted oh, to, no. I wanted to pick a shooter, but I can't because we've had two shooters in a row. God yes. damn it. I've so, just seen what you've chosen. Mm. You're not like this. I like it, but I'm really, really rubbish at it. I need to learn how to play it. Go I've, on. I've only had 10 minutes. I thought it was something different. So we're going for Rock and Rope by Konami 1983. Yep. Default MAME or Arcade settings, which are three lives, difficulty level five, extra life at 20k, 60k, and every following 60k. And yep. PS, well done to Twin Galaxies for finally improving, in my opinion, their search criteria and website layout. It's a lot easier now. Oh, good. I was saying a few episodes ago, it's so hard to find anything. Yeah, I didn't like their site at all, actually. But it has improved, but there's nothing for rock and rope on it. So we're going for Arcade settings. Yep. Uh, sorry, there is, but we're going for Arcade settings. So, Rock and Rope, Konami. The, actually, to try and find it, it's R-O-C, apostrophe N, space rope. It's not rock as in rock and roll, which you won't find if you're searching on MAME. No, it should have another apostrophe after the N as well. Terrible. Rocket, Do you yeah. know what? I've got this game. You've got it? It's on Konami 573 hardware on the Konami Classics. Oh, like with Time Pilot and that lot? Yep, it's on there. So, I'll be playing on that, son. Oh, I know what that point. PCB as well. It's in the garage. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I like this game, but I'm not. I can't work out how to play it properly, so I need to sort of watch a few videos and get into it. So yeah, I think it'd be a good one actually. It's always one that's interested me. I've played it for ten minutes. The Rubbish graphics are quite fun. Yeah, I'm not very good at it, <laughs> so I need to get better. Yeah, I like the animations. Yeah, cool. Mm. Just before we go, yes, 
do you know the Christmas special podcast out just before you tuck into your turkey will be the top 50 episode. We're going to bang on with that one, aren't we? Yeah, the top 50 episode. It's also going to be the 100th episode. Mm. So if you want to send us a special message for 100th episode, like, please stop. (laughs) Um, Please do. Uh, We may may stop, actually. Mm. Who, Who knows? Chris CMP says, yay, look forward to that bumper episode. Maybe the Tempe Orchestra can record a festive version of the Holly and the Marland to mark the centennial episode. Hmm. We'll have to give him a shout. I'll give him, get on to him. How about this, Vic? Mm. What, what do you reckon for a New Year's special, just yeah. after you've eaten your last turkey sandwich, will be our 2017 in review like we did last year? What do you reckon? Yes, you if you do all the hard work, yes, I'd love to do that. I always do all the hard work. <laughs> spreadsheets wise yes you love a spreadsheet you're very good at those mm. uh, thank you sir for thank giving you, me sir. a rubbish game to play thank you for listening and we'll talk to you in two weeks time yep thank Ta-ra! you everybody goodbye goodbye you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pence.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pence.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at Tenpence Arcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. That's the stupidest one I've wrote so far. (laughs) I've not read that. (laughs) That was the best way.